a soft start. How was everybody's week? Uh, pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Good. This shit is crazy out here right now, but I haven't, I, I gotta be honest, I haven't been paying too, too much attention to it just because I understand, you know, what's going on. I feel like this shit is so distorted. It's here to piss everybody off on both sides. No matter where you stand, there's, there's enough media out here to make you angry. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, I've been tuned out myself. I didn't know. University Mall actually burned down yesterday. Oh, shit. I, I, I didn't look into any of this until I got that, like, Amber Alert on my phone saying, hey, uh, by the way, if you're in Tampa, nobody can be out after 7.30 p.m. And then That's we saw crazy. a bunch of uh, police vehicles and fire trucks on the way back over here. So who knows if some other shit is popping off. It looks like it because I've seen a lot of people, you know, I've, I know a lot of people in the area and the timeline is crazy. Everybody's talking about something. So it's a lot going on in Tampa right now. Well, uh, yeah, go good ahead. luck with the curfew, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. I can't imagine people just taking the government's advice to go back in the house, especially right now. Well, there's been a lot of staying in your house just in general for about, what, two, three months now? Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, we are, I think we're at that stage right now where nobody really gives a fuck anymore. Like, no matter where you go, there seems to be a lot of people out and about. The parking lots are all full. Like, people, you know, I don't think that paranoia is is uh, as rooted anymore as it was a few weeks ago. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right about that. But now there is a new reason. A new reason to lock your doors and to stay off the streets. <laughs> the yeah, but, riots are happening. But what about social distancing? I mean, what happened with that? Oh, well, they're rioting in masks. Yeah, I mean, but I've you're seen not maintaining your six feet. You know, there's no way you're going to die. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure the government is willing to sacrifice people who riot. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I think it's, it's I think self fulfilling prophecy on that side. If, yeah. If you're not going to board up the windows or have armed security guards at your business, then I think the least you can do is start putting down the social distancing tape. Like they got in Publix, like they got Arrows, in CVS yeah. and Walgreens. Yeah. Like riot safely. Yeah. The aisles are all one ways now. I mean, granted, <laughs> the shit is all going to be burnt down, but at least while you're in there, don't pass the germ. Right, Be right. safe. Yeah. Safety first. Yeah, let's be considerate looters. Um, So... I'm going to bring it full circle. I'm going to start at the end, and then let's go over all the things that are leading up to this. My my infinite regress Illuminati conspiracy theory of the week uh, is going to be that this is fomented by foreign powers. So I'm convinced that uh, China's probably behind it. I know Russia <laughs> participated a little bit in it, but hear me out before, okay. before, before the scoffing begins. Just hear me out. So... All of these, you know, Black Lives Matter protests, we're patriots and you're never taking our guns protests. Like, it's a known quantity at this point. It's not speculation. It's not conspiratorial. There were foreign powers fomenting the, 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 uh, the conflict on social media. And since social media, uh, we've regressed. It is now more racist and more dangerous to live in the United States than, than pre-Civil War. Uh, than uh, pre-Civil Rights Act. And even though there's a few statistical anomalies, right, even though 
This is the safest time for human beings in the history of recorded history. We are all on edge. There's a, a, a imminent apocalypse. And, and why is that happening? It's because people have been made to feel that way on social media. Mm, so all definitely. the racial tension has been exacerbated with social media. China has a huge hand in social media. And I feel like the reason why these anomalies are, you know, uh, being exploited and why you're seeing, you know, outrage, you know, in unprecedented ways and racial tension is up. I, I, I absolutely think it's something that's being exploited uh, by foreign powers to create chaos over here. So that that's my conspiracy. Okay, I'll say I'll say uh, it sounds a little bit different when you say they've exploited it versus saying that they're behind it. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, it just feels a little bit different because you can't. I don't think uh, a foreign entity could create the condition to be able to take advantage of it. The the things that they're exploiting already exist, and it's just a uh, the aftermath of more people recording shit and sharing what they record. Because I think the one thing a lot of people are saying right now is that this is not new. This has been happening for a long time, but this a case like this could have happened 20 years ago and nobody would have ever known about it and it would have went under the radar. But it happens pretty frequently. You know what I'm saying? Well, a and case all, like this did happen 20 years ago. Well, of course. That, yeah, that's the LA point. They continue to happen. Yeah. They continue to happen. So, But the frequency of it is what people may not have understood. So they could always say that this Rodney King or whatever it was, was just a, a one-off. It was just a bad situation, tempers, and this happened and that. So this is not just how we are as a police force or as just cops in general. This is not just what we do. But now, as time goes on and cameras become you know, more and more common, social media is buzzing all day long, people are starting to see how often how frequent this stuff actually happens. And I think it's pissing people off more. But at the same time, everybody was on edge anyway. I think people was filled up with a lot of energy that they didn't know how to process anyway. So this happening right now kind of was on the tail end of everything else that's going on. But I could definitely see how somebody could exploit it from the outside and kind of try to, you know, manipulate things in their favor. But I, I couldn't say that somebody else is behind it. You know, this country itself and its whole history and foundation is what's behind it. Somebody else is just maybe possibly from the outside taking advantage of it. How about how about the fact that 80 percent of the uh, let's let's call them insurgents uh, are being called out of towners? Like, not just out-of-towners, like they're from the suburbs and they decided to go to the city tonight to tear it up, but they're actually from, like, out of the state. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they announced that, you know, Barr just came out and announced this big deal, you know, Bill Barr with the whole crossing federal lines to commit these crimes is a federal crime and that that's going to be treated differently. So I think that the, the idea that there's something else going on I think is obvious. Are they exploiting something that is a vulnerability, a weak uh, a scar, a sore, right? That is a weak spot. Sure. I think, I think when things like this happen, there's a bunch of different kind of people that are going to conspire together to take advantage of uh, America down on a knee, you know, like, Oh, look at what's happened. All the cities are on fire. So yeah, sure. Let's, how can we benefit from this? But, you know, again, just back to some of the facts, like that's one of the mayors I could, you know, find a, find exactly which mayor, but it was on uh, 
you know, it was a mainstream story here. Uh, Democrat, I think, you know, I, I don't want to misquote the city, but 80 percent uh, out of town. There's a whole bunch of the officials are stating that, which is very suspicious. So, I'm, you know, are they from oh, yeah. China? They don't look all Chinese. It's, it's a very diverse group. I will admit it's not all like any particular one race. Uh, it's the most diverse I've race never seen riots it. in the history like, of America. It really it's is evidence of progress. When there's yeah. fat white girls in booty <laughs> shorts, thunderously jogging out of a Target with the lamps she's been eyeing for months, that's progress. Right well, alongside all of the the racially outraged inner city folks, you got people from all colors and persuasions getting free bags of chips, free earbuds. You know, there's some racial harmony in the looting. Right. At least she wasn't too afraid of Negroes to go loot with them. She wasn't. She's woke as fuck. <laughs> That's progress. That's progress. Right. <laughs> I'm still trying to piece it together, though. So, like, if they're making a statement like that, let's just walk through that real basic, right? Well, if they're not from here, and then you're saying they're not just from uptown or the suburb over or whatever. They're from out of the state. So let me get this straight. So you're sitting on your couch, and you say in, in Thomasville, wherever, state, right? And you say, you know what? I'm going to drive to you know, uh, Austin, Texas, and I'm going to... As opposed to riding up. right where you're at. Right. I'm sure there's shit to burn down locally. And now, right. well, if you said, oh, <laughs> we're going to Minneapolis, right? Okay, that's where the event was, so... That makes oh, more sense. Right? But I'm going yeah. to Dallas? But I'm going to, like, you know, no, this is a mobilized, this is a, like, everybody got the bat signal or whatever, <laughs> you know, this is, it's, it's orchestrated. Absolutely. It is, uh, is well-funded, uh, Who's paying for all these people? These aren't just like unemployed kids raiding right the street or something. Who's paying to go to travel from state to state? That's like what? A lot of times, hours and hours and hours, you know? So anyway, that, that answer to who that, who, who is the, who are these people? That's finding that answer is very interesting. The, the, the media has absolutely given, given people consent to feel justified in doing this because all of the stories that have been pumped out as of late. They're all geared to this singular theme, no matter what the 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 facts are centered or, or you know involved in any given situation. The narrative that's always shoehorned in is an innocent black person was killed by a racist white person. So even and 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 this is like what we talked about earlier about team white and team black. So I remember when the Sean Bell shooting happened, right? You know, it's like, well, two of the officers were black. Yeah, but they're on team white. It's still going to be, you know, white racism. In the right. Philando Castile, you know, shooting, we're going to shoehorn that as just like all these other shootings. But when you watch that video, the cop is clearly scared. Like he, like, I don't get the impression where he's like, uh, you know, I just really want to kill black people today. And if I'm not mistaken, he was Hispanic. But but that story, too, was it wasn't some cop who was scared and fucked up really, really, really bad. It was white people are hunting black people. That always has to be the narrative. So if black people really feel that it's open season and white people are just indiscriminately going out there and, and, and killing innocent black people, then, yeah. I mean, it's hard to make the argument that, a, that an insurrection or an uprising, even a violent one, wouldn't be justified. But when I looked into who's actually defending, I can't find anybody defending this. So like there's a uh, Vincent James from the red elephants. Who's, I, I mean, he's considered a right wing extremist by like main, he's, he's like on the Michelle Malkin 
side of the uh, right, you know, I got you. right. We're supporting, you know, uh, you know, we support the police, you know, law and order, you know, hardcore right winger, too hardcore for some establishment Republicans. He's like, yo, this shit is indefensible. This dude kneeled on him for like nine mi- minutes and created a snuff film for the world. Like, there's nobody rushing out to defend him. Jared Taylor, white separatist, American Renaissance. You would think, like, yeah, you hate black people, right? You're a white supremacist. This shit is unforgivable. This shit is indefensible. Uh, I'm glad he got arrested, right? And all four cops were fired within hours of it happening, and the one dude was arrested uh, with third-degree murder charges. So... I don't know what's not happening that needs to happen where this was justified in happening. Like, I remember with the Rodney King shit, um, they didn't get arrested at first. The video came out. Then they got arrested. Then they got off by the jury. And that was like, okay, it's it's time to to burn. The trial hasn't even happened. The guy just got arrested. So I got to think there's something else behind what's... um, Sometimes what, what not every, this is definitely mobilized. Sometimes not everything is what it appears to be, and it gets taken advantage of before everything comes to the surface. And I just give you one example. And I get the video. I watch the video. It's disturbing, right? So here we go. CNN, right? This is a story about how Floyd and Derek Chavez work at the same nightclub, right? So you read that, you yeah. know. So now we're bringing in, and this is. Maria Santa Maria, the club's former owner, who just sold it in the past few months, El, Rode- El Nuevo Rodeo Club, you know, that they worked there for 17 years. Like, so I don't think they both worked there together for 17 years, but Chauvin worked there for 17 years. And then uh, Floyd also worked there for years. I don't know the number of years exactly, but when you're on a security team at a club, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have ever done any of that before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. You have a powwow before, you know, everybody on the team, you know, right inside, outside. It doesn't matter. So all that I'm saying is we have to investigate things like it could just be a white dude and a black dude that hated each other for some reason. We don't know. And did he kill him? And was it horrible? Absolutely. Was it a matter of some, you know, overt racist thing or does it get hijacked and used for that? So I don't. I don't know, but you got to investigate things. That always has to get played into it because it's not just about the actions themselves. It's all. It's always about the the. You have to understand that this what the system is going to do here. Like he would have never done that to a white woman, no matter what she was doing. She could have tried to stab him. He wouldn't have put her on the ground and put his knee on her neck. It's very unlikely. The fact is, he knew he could do that shit to that person, to that demographic, and he figured he wasn't going to get in much trouble for it. So just well, like the cop got arrested and they and they gave him a charge, but the charge they gave him is not indicative of what we saw. And the medical examiner said that there was no evidence that he died from asphyxiation, which is already setting it up for them to drop it down to some manslaughter, involuntary homicide. Like, we know what's happening here. We see that the fix is in. We see it. So they're, so they're going to have another medical examiner examine them. And then what if that medical examiner says the same thing? Now are we going to start, you know, looking at no, these... No, no, because we saw what happened. Because we saw what happened. I, I hear anybody I agree, on but, Anybody, but, you could take anybody, whether they're a UFC fighter or a mountain climber, and kneel on their neck for 10 minutes and see what happens to them. There's no evidence so, that he died so then, from asphyxiation. So then we're in the conspiratorial realm where how, the I don't understand how that's conspiracy. Hold on, hold on, where the medical examiner has 
said there wasn't an asphyxiation and apparently he's on the tape. So now we're going to have a second one and let's see what they say at least, right? Well, I like mean, with the Air Eric Garner you know, situation. I saw the video and it doesn't yeah. matter. A hundred medical examiners say they're all on the take and this is what happened. Now we're in a spot where that's a little unreasonable, right? Well, we so don't have to, if you say on the take, one, right? if you say on the take, it could sound a little unreasonable, but in reality, it could just be he understands the weight of this situation and all he has to do is have somebody speak to him in the right tone of voice. It's not like it's never happened before. It's paperwork. It's paperwork. It's not, you well, know what I'm saying? We're not asking him to risk now, his life. Re, re, but remember, but uh, the Epstein's, Epstein's brother got a, right. you know, an independent um, right. autopsy because they did come back like, oh, yeah, he hung himself. So th that there's no finagling behind the scenes right. to get a coroner's report Epstein's to line up with what you're trying to do. <laughs> right. No, well, it, how it many, is possible. How many medical examiners would it take, though? Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, we have to at some point. You can't just but, say. But I think, but I think we're kind of missing the point because the fact that he was kneeling on his neck, like that, that's there was no need for that. He's arrested. He's sub subdued. That's that's a clear case of police brutality. And to make the argument whether or not it contributed to the person's death, I was saying the the Eric Garner case in New York. You know, the guy takes him down with a chokehold. He dies of a heart attack. He doesn't die from the choke. But at that point, you know, whatever's going on in the struggle, right, uh, of what's happening at the time, it contributed to it. Now, what it is that pushes it over the top, you know, obviously him not being able to breathe started some process in his body that ultimately led up to his death. Even if it, he didn't actually die from the asphyxiation, the lack of oxygen, the adrenaline, his heart rate, who knows, maybe he had a heart attack, right? But but regardless of whether there's a direct, you know, a direct cause and effect between the kneeling and the, the death of the dude, we all saw on tape what happened, and we all agree, like, that shit was completely uncalled for. And as far as the fix being in, there are instances like with the Oscar Grant case, um, four different angles of the video, kids on his knees, Shot in the back of the head. The officer gets two years uh, because of an involuntary manslaughter charge. Right. And the jury is moved. Uh, it's moved. The case is moved out of Oakland where it happened and takes place in Beverly Hills. So that there's not forces within the right. Justice Department that are lining things up when the situation calls for it. Nah, there, there's examples of that. However, as far as it just being like open season and this is just a systemic thing. I can't find any statistical evidence for that. Right. I, I think the last time they took count for the last year, and I forget what year it was, so forgive me, um, there was seven unarmed black men that were killed by police, that were completely innocent, unarmed, totally unjustified, and the people that did it, they got in trouble. But if you go by what you see in the news, you would think that there's hundreds or even thousands, right? right. But right. they could only find seven where the guy doesn't have a gun, isn't pointing a gun, isn't in the middle of committing a crime, isn't fleeing a murder scene or a carjacking or something like that. When you really get down to innocent men who were wrongly killed by the police, it's seven black guys. And when you do the raw numbers, there's way more white people that are killed by the police in general and wrongly killed by the police. So this is just something I think that's it's going to be endemic and you're never going to get it down to zero. We're just whenever you give people guns and the authority to kill people, they're going to fuck up. Right. 
it's, it's going to happen. There's, there's no way around it. But when they fuck up, are they held accountable? Are they right. held accountable by the system that gives them that power? And is it something where they're really just psychologically fucked up? Because, I mean, when you watch that Daniel Shavers video, it wasn't like that cop was like, oh, well, you, you know what? I was going to just murder you in cold blood because that's just what we do. And he did murder him in cold blood. But it wasn't like he saw this dude as white and was like, you know what? White privilege. I'm not. No, if right, you're a psycho cop, right. right, and you're going to kill somebody, you're going to kill somebody. But as far as it just being this ubiquitous, you know, like we're like the way that you talk to people now and the, the sentiment that you get. And I know because I, I continuously keep pissing off uh, the majority of my black friends with this shit is you because they keep coming at me like this is worse than Jim Crow. Like the era that we live no. in is the no. most racist and nope. to me, I'm like, yo, that is insulting. <laughs> that is insulting to everybody shit. in the struggle. Yeah, that's some silly shit. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think anybody really believes that. I think people might be trying to manipulate a conversation, but I, I can't imagine how a person could have that opinion and, and explain it in any coherent way, at all. But but that but I don't. It can't be explained in a coherent way. So it's something that has to be just accepted as dogma. And if yeah. you commit the heresy of saying, no, this is not the most racist time that we've ever lived in. Trump is not the most recent pre racist president that we've ever had. You know, and you can pull out quotes. We, we've had some openly racist presidents. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Oh, right. please. They're on the record. And when they said it, nobody batted an eye because, oh, yeah, that's just it was so embedded right. in the culture. It was like, duh. But, you know. But this is the most, I mean, it's just silly. And that's why it has to be dogma. It can't be challenged with any kind of rational debate. It's just, if you do not accept this premise as religious, dogmatic truth, you're a racist and there's no value in talking to you anymore. There's no more reasoning. There's no more discussion. It's just, you're a coon or you're a racist and the conversation is over. All I know is whoever said that shit better not say it in front of their grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? That's some shit you say on Facebook. You better not say that shit in front of your grandmother. She'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? That's <laughs> madness, bro. Absolute yeah. madness. But there's it's some, it's some weird shit happening. I will say that. A, but like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not one to really look into it because I understand the distortion of information. So I, I don't even bother. But I know like when there's a, a riot happening and a pallet of bricks gets delivered mm, and just yeah. set on the side of the sidewalk. Like that feels weird to me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not no regular shit. Now I don't know if George Soros delivered the bricks. I, I don't know enough about this shit to make those kind of to jump to those kind of conclusions. But all I know is that seeing a pallet of bricks get delivered during a riot is kind of weird. Yeah. You you gotta ask multiple questions when people are coming too. across state lines. Multiple locations too. I saw videos of multiple I've, that was gotta send me those links. I've not seen that. That's, That's insanity. Crazy, bro. Okay. Crazy. I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, like who's doing this shit? Who are they getting to deliver? Like, why is there a brick company that's like, fuck it, I need the money? <laughs> why can't they be like, no, nah, I'm not bringing no bricks to the middle of a riot? That ain't right. <laughs> why, why, why did they just take the money and deliver the bricks? That's what I want to know. We need to boycott that because they're canceled. Whoever, whoever delivered those bricks is canceled. If if there was any justice, that would be the case. Damn, that's that's some wild shit, man. And all these weirdos breaking windows and shit. These like these people that they're calling agents. They just out here starting shit and spray painting. I saw a whole group of white ladies spray painting Black Lives Matter 
on the wall and black people were telling them to stop and they weren't listening. They were like, nah, son, we they just kept doing it. I'm like, wait, hold on. Are you even listening to the black people who are here? They're like, no, this needs to be spray painted. Trust me. You guys don't even know what you need. So we'll do it. And, and there's plenty of footage too of black people in Minneapolis saying, what the fuck are you doing? You right. know, it, 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 but the, the narrative is, is like, this is justified black outrage at a, a, a systemically racist institution and all black people are on board with this and it needs to happen and it's justice. And it's like, no, it's, you know what it is? It's a guarantee that there's going to be more food deserts. Because I hear people complain about, oh, you want to know about systemic racism? Why is it no, why is there no decent grocery stores in the hood? Well, uh, you try to find the, the, the entrepreneur who wants to make that investment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the insurance rates are going to be in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Like, I guarantee you a lot of those businesses aren't going to rebuild. Grocery yeah. stores, Target, they may be like, yo, fuck it. It's not worth the cost of doing business. So while you think, hey, I'm a, I'm a righteous, you know, lefty white lady, and I, I really care about black people. I don't really know or hang out with any, but I really, really care, and I want everybody to know I care. So I'm going to go and paint all this incendiary shit to try, you know, against the will of black people that are looking yeah. on. But yeah. but because ultimately I want to help bring this shit about. And you know what you've done? You've created a situation where that's going to be a really fucked up economic area for a pretty long time. They're not going to just rebuild this shit overnight. Like there's going to be some long term fallout as far as investment, as far as employment. Like you're going to economically hurt that that part of America and. You know, I mean, and if you really think that there's all this inequality and, you know, white people just hate black people and aren't going to hire them. Well, you just made fewer jobs. You just you just made fewer opportunities. And I don't know what what point you were proving that that what happened was wrong. Who the fuck is disagreeing with you? Everybody agrees with you that what we saw was wrong. I don't know, man. I, I don't know where people are. I, well. I guess with this whole thing, we just got to figure out who benefits the most and how do they benefit from guiding this whole conversation or, or guiding this energy in that direction. Because I, I don't know if we, I, I need to see the how it's going to work out in favor of somebody to have shit like this happening. Uh, Joe you Biden. Know, to what end? Joe Biden. Joe, Joe Biden, Biden. Absolutely. Joe Biden called Charlemagne the God a tap dancing coon. On, on an interview. No, he didn't. No, not literally. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Charlamagne, you're not gonna vote for me. You tap dancing coon. That was almost believable somehow. <laughs> yeah, you no, but, said but it he... all matter of factly like that. I was like, I, I didn't. I'll tell you this. I didn't completely disbelieve it. I was right. like, I just need to hear this <laughs> myself. <laughs> you just say it confidently, and people will go along with it. But I mean, ultimately. <laughs> I, I mean, essentially, is that not the same thing? I mean, he, 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 you know, and Charlemagne approached him and said, okay, you want me to vote for you? I need to know. I, I have a pro-black agenda. I don't really care what you're doing for all Americans or all citizens. I don't care about the country. I'm unapologetically advocating and lobbying for the black community. I'm black. I care about the black community. What are you going to do for the black community? And Joe Biden's response was, uh, come on, man. I mean, if you really have to think about your choice, either Trump or me, you ain't really black. Yeah, you ain't black. So he put some twang on it too. You ain't he, black. He did. Come on, he man. Did. Sprinkle some come twang on. on it. 
But I, but Umar Johnson was on the Breakfast Club, and he said basically the same thing about people who uh, are in interracial relationships. They're I'm, not black either. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because there and because this is this is what this is what's going on. Okay, as much as I can tell, with with that sentiment being expressed, Joe Biden didn't break any rules right. that aren't like the official program. Right. Of the narrative on the left. Right. It's true. The left has made itself team black. So regardless yeah. of the policy, regardless of the efficacy of any policy, if you're not supporting, whether it works or not, whatever no, yeah, is being yeah. proposed on the left, you've abandoned team black. So there's actually a lot. And, and this is why. So first, let's do, let's look at the problem of the whole question. Right. Charlemagne, the God is going to Joe Biden and saying, what are you going, what is your plan for the black community? Now, now think about that. All, all the history that we know right now, right? Up until now with racial shit in America. What's, what's the first thing that stands out to you as, as problematic about Charlemagne the God asking Joe Biden what his agenda <laughs> for the black community is? I, I think he probably shouldn't be asking a white politician what he's going to do for black people on the radio. When has that ever been a thing? Like, in, if, in what mythology is God asking the devil how you're going to fix the problem? Right, by his own definition of, right. of the shit that he kind of, you know, dances around on the fringes of. And he hasn't, I don't think he's actually, you know, drawn it's his like line in the sand like white people are the devil. But he definitely panders no, a little bit to it. those. And, and, yeah, yeah. and just to be clear, I don't... And, I don't think Charlemagne the God is is like a hateful racist. I don't care that he calls white people mayonnaise. I don't care, you know, that he says cracker and devil. It, it it's just words. Yeah. I, 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 he has white friends. He hasn't murdered white people as far as I know. Right. Like, he's at and the I'm dinner sure parties. He's drinking right. champagne at the dinner yeah, parties. It's not like he's out here. He right. represents he's not, the top really 1 out here trying to kill white yeah, right. the top one percent of one percent of the entire world's wealth. Like you're up there in that club, dude. You're a multimillionaire. You go to Aruba every couple of weeks. You've made it. You're doing great. No, no hate about it. And before I start bashing him, you know, because it's not really bashing, but to give like to give him credit, um, he really promotes um, mental health in the hood. Like he 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 pushes. I forget what the um the name of that company is. It's like Talkspace or something. Like, and he's really, but like, listen, like black people need to talk to a therapist. They, I know you think that it's just some shit white people do like 40 year old men that hate their mother and scream at them when they, they can't work the coffee maker. Right. Like, and so he goes and talks to somebody once a week. Like, no, if, if, if you live, if you grew up basically in a war zone and you went to like 10 wakes, you know, before you were 25, you, you probably have some trauma you need to work out like right. this stigma that you shouldn't go and work this shit out mentally, like, I don't see anybody else pushing that. So I definitely applaud him for trying to take that stigma away in the black community that, you know, it's there's something weird about working shit out in therapy and, and right. dealing with your emotions in a healthy I agree. way. I agree with that. It definitely needs to go. You know, it's not some shit that's for white people, quote unquote. I think most a lot of people could benefit from it. So just to culturally take it off the table, like, no, this is not something black people do is definitely counterproductive. Right. And he's very influential. And, and the fact that he does that, I think, is, you know, it's a huge positive, And I would definitely give him credit all day for that. But the, the, the whole premise is flawed and it exposes the whole hustle, because the truth is. 
aside from complaining and just being against white shit, there is no authentically black agenda. It doesn't exist. Facts. Be- because in 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 real um, effective strategizing and organizing, the black community should be going to Joe Biden and say, "Here is our problems. Here is what we've proposed as a solution. Here's the resources that we need. This is the agenda we want you to be for." Because when you start looking at agendas, right, instead of just this, we're not them, so we're not racist, but actually on substance, the whole thing falls apart. So as far as Umar Johnson, he was on The Breakfast Club. And as far as being authentically black, it, it's hard to make the argument that Dr. Umar Johnson doesn't fill like all of the check boxes. Check all these boxes. Okay, you're authentically black. He occasionally right. rails against white people. Uh, I believe he's like a descendant of Frederick Douglass, okay? He's a pan-Africanist in the spirit of Marcus Garvey. He's always talking about building bonds with Africa and doing doing shit for the black community first, black businesses, et cetera, uh, et cetera. Um, he's threatened to beat people up on YouTube. So if, if he's yeah. not thugged so out he's, enough... He's, he's, oh, as the young people yeah. say, he's with the shits, right. as he, they say. He's definitely with the shits. <laughs> he's got at least one video where he's threatened to beat people the fuck up. So if, if you're like, eh, he ain't black enough because he ain't done some ignorant, you know, well, kind of this. voice. Yeah, yeah here you, you go. got to have that. You got to always be able to, no matter, that's, that's another thing that kind of has something that's very unique to American black culture, is that no matter what you've done, in life, what you've accomplished, if you can't put all that shit to the side and risk it all for a nigga moment, you ain't black enough. You gotta be able to risk it all. I don't give a fuck if you're a Harvard graduate. I don't give a fuck where you came from or what you've done. You could be an astrophysicist. There's gotta be a time in your life when you go, oh, you wanna see a nigga, huh? <laughs> like, you gotta be able to flip the fuck out and turn into you know, a, a fucking wild animal real quick. And if you can't do that, then you're not black. It's it's not, it's, it, it's not that you've worked through your problems and you're not angry anymore. It's not that you you know none of that. It's not your therapy is helping. No, you're just not black enough. Right. You, you, can't you it's not that you've be, you've you've progressed and become enlightened. You're just you're acting like oh, white. Yeah, yeah, you must be. You think you white? Is that what yeah. it is? <laughs> you ashamed? Right. Yeah, you all calm and shit. You think you white? Measuring out decisions, <laughs> weighted in the balance, and oh, and using God. foresight to see the value in, in these actions. How dare you? You be reading and shit. <laughs> he wears dashikis, doesn't fuck with pork or with white women. He has all the boxes checked. So when you talk about a black agenda, Dr. Umar Johnson's on the Breakfast Club says, "Hey, uh, deindustrialization of the black community happened in the '70s. It's led to massive poverty. It's been really hard for the black middle class ever since then." Trump says, hey, uh, globalization, it's uh, fucking up, um, you know, our country. It's been responsible for lots of that industrialization. He wants to start bringing manufacturing jobs back over to America, right? Uh, potentially could help restore a lot of those countries that, or a lot of those cities that were fucked up by deindustrialization, like Philadelphia and Detroit. Uh, no, but he's a racist. We have to be against that. So if there's really an agenda, it shouldn't matter if it's coming from a dude in a dashiki or a dude with a fucked up haircut. If you really had an agenda and you saw the value and the principle, you should be with it. Same thing with the public school system. Dr. Umar Johnson gets on there, says, look, um, 
the current public school system doesn't meet our educational needs. Inner city, black youth, there's a huge cultural gap between young black boys and middle-aged white women. It, it is what it is. And he wasn't like mean or disparaging about it. He's like, most of the teachers that teach at these schools are middle-aged white women, and they can't speak specifically to the cultural experience of, of young black boys. Right. And that's causing a, a problem in the education system. Kanye shows up with Jim Brown. Hey, listen, uh, we need to revamp the educational system in Chicago. Uh, it's failing. Uh, you know, we're having weekends where 50 kids are getting shot. Uh, we need to go ahead. You know, we're pushing for a curriculum that speaks directly to this community's needs. Fucking coon. You're cooning. Right. 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 Yeah, Umar, it's definitely counterproductive. 100%. Umar is, I think he has a, a lot of dope ideas. And it's, especially with the education, as far as the education goes, I just wouldn't be comfortable with him designing the curriculum by himself. We just got to make sure right. there's some checks and balances. We can't just let him do what he wants in there because it, it might end up bad. But he's he's got some dope ideas. He's just a wild motherfucker to listen to. Yeah, I mean he's 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 out there, and even like a lot of the people that um, may you know subscribe to some of the things he says because he he does make a lot of of good points. But like the you know if Kanye West is automatically you know, uh, thrown out of the camp as someone to work with because, you know, he didn't marry a black woman. You know what I'm saying? So right out of there... And he's, and he's an is, enemy. That makes him an enemy. Not right. just like, oh, we don't agree with that. They're like, no, you sleeping with the enemy, you in bed with the oppressor, and your children are going to think they're better than dark-skinned children because they're light-skinned. Like, they're implying a whole bunch of you know, war tactics and art of war shit when this could just be like, well, this guy likes banging this chick and they had a baby, so that's pretty much what it is. He, he thinks it's like an act of war against the black community. Right, and how productive is that? Because it's like, okay, that's how you feel, but he also has the ear of the president. He also has billions of dollars in resources, and he's actually advocating to implement some of the things that you talked about. Oh, he's Why, the enemy. If you care about <laughs> producing positive results and saving these kids' lives... And turning these communities into functional, integrated, you know, prosperous uh, centers, you know, of of, of you know, you know, of, of peace and community, then that should be of, of paramount concern. Yeah, you know, Umar that, Johnson, that should be the priority. Umar Johnson said that people who are in interracial relationships are participating in genocide. Well, that was his conclusion. I mean, so by you not having a child. By you not having a child that's completely black is the same as killing black children. That's genocide now. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, there's the same thing though <laughs> on the other side of the the spectrum. Like that was like a hashtag for a while, white genocide. Well, you they're, know, they're like, Nazis though, so we we acknowledge that they're crazy. Right. Well, that, but that's that's part of the thing is that anything you would criticize as racist in white people, if and and this is and this is the game of the left. If black people do it because you never want to be critical of a black person, there always has to be some sort of mental gymnastics that are done to explain why yeah, yeah. when they do it, it's okay. It's it's a reaction to oppression. But when white people do it, it's just hateful. Not that they're, you know, white people are the minority on earth, not that they want their grandchildren to look like them, not that, you know, that's just their preference, right? But it is, oh, no, 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 no. They're just horrible racists, 
you know, for not wanting to intermarry. And that's to me, actually I, common for all kinds of cultures, though. It right? absolutely is. Even Jewish people, you know, they want yeah. you, Jewish you know, people, Jewish especially Italians, right? Oh, we find a nice Greek girl for the Greek, right? So that's a that's a cultural thing that transcends the the black white categories. You know, every, it seems like every culture at least has a significant portion of that. Asians, every everyone, and in fact, I have friends growing up because the parents were whatever we want to call it, half and half, you know, white dad and Asian mom kind of thing that the Asian relatives treat you like you're a halfy, you know, like you're not as good because you're, so, I mean, even in their culture, and I'm sure you have that same thing that in black culture, you know, I'm not sure uh, when we call it white culture, we break it down into, you know, like ethnicities like Italians right. or Greeks or whatever. Yeah. You get the same thing where they don't treat you the same if you're not, marrying into yeah so i never knew about this dude you guys are talking about umar johnson here so i've been looking him up while you're talking about yeah him. He, he umar johnson occupies both ends of the spectrum he has dope ideas he has he's a great talker he says some really powerful shit that i think a lot of people need to hear and then he'll skip right over to some asinine psychotic shit in the same sentence <laughs> and you're like wait where did, how do we get here bro but yeah, it's, I mean, I understand, you know, a lot of this shit is fueled by rage. A lot of it, it, even his, you know, by his own admission, even his study and, and everything that he did, like oh, that stuff comes from him being tied to this rage and this anger at condition, which is fair. But when you go in like that, it kind of can influence the ideas you come up with, the solutions you suggest. It kind of influences that because the rage is still there. Yeah, because that sounds a little Farrakhan, like, you know, every now and then Farrakhan uh, have a glimmer of something like whoa and then <laughs> all the other things are a little right it's part, that's what we were talking yeah. about the other day when we yeah. were saying it's part of the black experience some people just hold it longer but every everybody who's who's raised black in this country is going to get to that point we're like oh so white people are evil and then from there you deal with that however you deal with it you could hold on to it and and turn it into a religion you could break it it's a lot you can do with it or you can just kind of evolve and move past it and understand things differently but it's definitely a part of your journey 100% absolutely well if we explore the white people being being you know uh, dangerous or racist or whatever Umar Johnson's talking about in terms of his uh angst against what he sees I mean, is there a segment of white that is more racist than others? Like, are Russians more racist in Russia or are people in the south of, uh, you know, the U.S. more? Because, I mean, if we keep it within the U.S., right, there's scars there that are, you know, that's going right. to be exploited when it can. And it's still something you got to you can't erase your past. You have to. Right make a museum about it and have everybody understand what happened, you know, type of thing. So, and discuss uh, it. There's a certain way it needs to be discussed absolutely. and approached. And it, and it has, that's, I think uh, one of the sane arguments that a lot of people are talking about right now is it hasn't necessarily been discussed really. You know what I'm saying? If things are still kind of slanted, you still have schools trying to teach people that slaves were, you know, migrant workers. They're trying to change history to make it look a little bit softer. And it just shows you that they don't understand the significance and how it affected these people even generations later. They're just like, oh, let's just soften it and make it a little cooler. And that's just not that's that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We got to be talking about this shit raw, real, authentic, having real conversations. And it's uncomfortable and it's painful and it sucks. And most people don't want to do 
that. So they end up metabolizing all of these stereotypes and the little tiny shit that you see. And it, it sounds crazy when from the outside looking in it, it can sound psychotic, but there's really shit that's like, you know, you go to the store and you your child wants a white doll instead of a black doll. Now, from somebody outside of that experience, it shouldn't matter. Color doesn't matter. But when you inside of a black experience, it's different. Just like people say it doesn't matter what color God is. But all the, if all the gods are white with blonde hair and blue eyes, it kind of starts. If it doesn't matter, why is there no variation? You know what I'm saying? So people do have. The fabric of society can lead you in a way, very insidiously, can lead you in a way where you end up with these prejudices that you really can't prove to yourself with real human experiences, but it's just what you know. If you watch enough rap videos and fucking news reports, and you may have a picture of what quote-unquote black people are whatever, without ever having any of the experiences that would make yeah. you feel that way. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to have a black person steal your purse to see a black guy at night and clutch your purse. It may have never happened to you, but everything about the media told you for years, for you know, decades, generations, have told you it, there's danger near you right now. So I think that's the point. People don't want to address it and really talk about it, have uncomfortable conversations. So they just walk around like, no, it can't be me. It can't affect me like that. But you could be holding on to some prejudices. All of us could be holding on to prejudices that we don't even know about. Yeah, well, those prejudices are almost in, inherent. I mean, like if we want to break it down to ancient stuff and tribalism and all that, we're always, they're always, when one culture was confronting another culture, fear of the unknown and the different type of thing. And often, unfortunately, it resulted in violent incursions. You know, sometimes they could come together and make a, a, a nice integrated culture, right? There's still a lot of examples of that too, but we break it down to like that it's almost innate to have those kind of uh prejudices is it it sounds like a really bad word but people do look at other people based on appearances not always just color like skin color i, I don't uh, think dress, prejudice is, is the, is the problem I, yeah i don't even think racism is the problem to be honest with you i, I think because everybody defines it differently um and an example i would give you is um is rape. racism, racism like, acting yeah. on prejudice, right? Acting in a in a negative way on your prejudice. Based not, on not, race. Not necessarily a prejudice though. based on race. But but that but that's in the in the modern era, that that's that's really not how it's being defined. It, right. it's, it's, pre, it's, it's such power. a prejudice fluid... plus power is what people say. They well, say it's prejudice plus the power to enact your your will or your prejudice on other people. But, but not only that, just just being culturally unaware. You know, or if you participate in any level in somebody else's culture, like there's so right, many right, different right, things yeah. now that are thrown up. So it's it's right now I see it as it's just a tool for a political end. Like nobody really cares whether some shit is racist or not. People care whether they can capitalize on opportunity to brand something as racist. Right. But as far as like those tribal impulses, you're right. That's a part of your your genetic um your, your, your genetic compulsions. And if you were in, you know, like if you were a white family and you moved to Nigeria, you know, and you go to the store and all the dolls are black dolls and your kid wants a black doll, maybe that's how you'd feel. Maybe when the night, you know, Nigeria has like the, you know, 45th annual Nigerian Academy Awards and you're like, yo, why am I not seeing more, you know, white filmmakers and white actors? You know, why do I feel like I'm not represented? When you're a minority in a, a, amongst a majority, and you're not bound by a common culture, but it's this constant enmity being pushed. Yeah, I could see how you could start seeing that shit everywhere. 
But, you know, if you look at the animal kingdom, a lot of rape. There's a lot of rape in animals. And, like, there's a biological a impulse. There's a biological <laughs> impulse to rape. Study. No, 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 not from firsthand experience. But, what, but my point is there was a period in time where that's how humans were procreating. You know, there right. wasn't a lot of courting. There wasn't a lot of dowry. There wasn't a lot of, you know, no, I'm going to send a you a love letter. It was a club yeah, it's a and club. you get dragged to the cave. Right. It's an invasion and you belong to me now. Or right. you're, you're, my family, your family, we're going to make this land deal and I'm going to hand you over to this man for whatever. Like there was, women didn't have the autonomy to make choices. So in varying degrees, rape was a way that there was procreation and the way laws and you know laws were developed the way you know a people of power brokered relationships and made deals but at the end of the day there was a biological impulse to 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 shoot out some sperm by any means and we and we kind of uh centered started creating laws and creating cultural norms around mitigating the barbarity of right. that impulse being expressed and we right. subsequently became more civilized. I think we can do the same thing with racism. If you're the only to. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying we're supposed to. We're supposed to be trying to evolve past this stuff. If we built this society for us to live, well and that's another thing. Was it really built for us to cuz I don't think the original idea was that everybody would be integrated and just hang it out like this. I don't think that was the original idea. You know no. what I'm saying? So maybe this is functioning in a way it was never intended to function. Maybe that's what it is and we're just lying to ourselves. It was supposed to be on, segregated. Well, that's what separatists believe. Yeah. You build on what was before though. You build every ancient cultures are always like that. Like literally in the dirt they're built on top of each other, but you build on top of it. So, you know, we can look at the imperfections of the founding of things and the way they were and oh that was horrible but where have we come and so you have to take that into account and then build on that and make it better not you know i guess right now if we look at the current events the mentality is more like no we're going to destroy that we we want this whole thing to be dismantled it's like so rotten that we want to start you know at the slab i guess to break it all down where you know i get the sentiment but is that really what we want to do? You were because there's a anytime you see that happen in cultures, you see there's a period of time it's like a dark ages, you know, for yeah. uh, the culture that that happens to. So maybe it's better to build on the imperfect foundation. Reform it depends on it depends on where you exist in that system. Because there's some people who are going to exist in that system and say, I can't live like this anymore. There are other people who are going to exist in the ecosystem that's like, well, it's not that bad. I think we should just leave it the way it is. That's always going to happen. So people you, who, but when who you have say, different roles. Well, when you say I can't exist in this anymore, but what is the alternative? Anarchy or? Well, I, that's what I don't know. That's what, but I'm just right. saying, just to understand how this thing is laid out, there's people who are in parts of the building where the air condition works fine, and there's other people sweating, and they're like, look, this shit is fucked up. I'm going to tear the wall out. And the people who are in a different room with the air conditioning are like, wait, that sounds like it's not sensible. Should we really be tearing walls down? So they right. have, they're, 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 it's miscommunication. People don't understand what other people are doing. Some people don't even believe the air condition is broken. The other room there's a lot of variables there's a lot of variables and we're not having real discussions not often enough well the, we're the not thing, having real discussions we we can't have real discussions I, and this and this is what i promise this is my commitment this will be the realest 
racially charged conversation America has <laughs> ever had. We will have, and I, and you can go on this journey with me. I, but you will be hated. You will be called names because the truth is, because I hear what you're saying, and we've been, I like, I, I went and pulled up interview, you know, archives from like the 70s, and we've been saying the same shit. Yep, we need absolutely. to have an honest discussion. We need to have an honest discussion. It's bullshit. And everybody just goes an home. Honest discussion. Everybody just goes home and they don't talk to each other. They revert well, no, to their, people to their talk, places. But people, people, people talk within the the publicly sanctioned parameters of right, what right. you're allowed to talk about. And right. so you really, I mean, I feel like when I argue with my girl, it's like this. Like I'll argue with her, but she'll make it to where, well, we're only going to have the discussion based upon these factors. Well, I have factors that I can introduce that'll change the whole framing of it. We're not going to talk about that. We're just not going to talk about that. So if if I have to have the discussion based on politically correct terms, there's a lot of shit that people want to say that they're not able to say. So you can't at, at the same time say, we want to have an honest conversation, but you can only say what's politically correct. Because that's how the whole racial debate is, is framed right now. So I, I think one of the problems is, and this is the reason why there is no 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 real authentically black agenda. Like it, it doesn't exist. And the reason be, the reason why that is is because you can be stereotypically white, like like the Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle voice, like when people are, are are lampooning or comically stereotyping white guys, like, oh, and I speak so proper and uh, I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. like okay, and, and there's some people, yeah, you you really may fit that. There, so there there is there is kind of an understood stereotypically white. And a lot of it shit is associated with positives. Yeah, intelligence. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and then uh, this is what we Right. Please, you wear straight. ties and you're prudently invested and uh you finished school, you know, and you have yeah. a savings account and, and you have good credit and like, okay, well, so all of the shit that's 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 stereotypically white is positive, but the other thing is there's nothing authentically white. There's right. no pressure from other white people to religiously subscribe to shit, especially shit that's counterproductive and destructive. I have to subscribe to this or I'm going to be ostracized from the white community. And it that doesn't, shit doesn't exist. exist. And most of them are in a position to where if they want to if they want to get quote unquote ratchet and romanticize some bullshit, they can. They can get away with it because they're in right. the in the position to be able to they can look at somebody like a fucking Al Pacino playing Scarface and they can laugh at it and love it and think it's awesome and if they want to start you know saying hello to my little friend and shit it's fine for them but to romanticize it in a place where people are already having traumatic experiences they're already living in the war zone now you watching Scarface and now right. you want a shotgun in real life it's like this is not this you don't need this shit they can watch it and have as much fun as they, it's the same thing with the the average working person and Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather can flush a hundred down a hundred dollar bill down the toilet every twenty minutes for the next six years, and it wouldn't matter. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. There's other people in the world who just can't do that. It'll destroy right. your life. Oh, Before or the they end would, of the day, they would dig the toilet out of the fucking ground and try to break the pipes out and catch it. They'd be <laughs> that desperate right. to recover it. There's some right. people that just can't do that. It's going to fuck your life up. And I think it's the same thing with romanticizing criminality. And you let them, if, if they want to watch gangster movies about the mafia and love that shit, I think they should be able to love that shit. But where black people are in this country, we can't afford to have that. We can't be showing our kids that kind of shit and telling them they were slaves. And like the, the whole narrative is fucked up. The whole narrative is, and this is exactly why you have the shit that people are suffering right now. So 
their the perceived oppression becomes even worse because of the ideas that they're going out into the world with. So even if there is some fucked up things happening, which we all know there are, there's definitely some roadblocks they're going to run into. A lot of them are probably racially motivated. And if you look close enough, you can see it. Like that pisses people off too when people say they don't believe a lot of this stuff is happening. But then you do a study and it says, you know, a a person in in human resources is 70% more likely to call back a John than he's going to call back a Jamal, even if they have the same resume. You know what I'm saying? So when you find stuff like that in studies and you see the proof of it and then people go, oh, well, that maybe that was just that one time. That doesn't mean that always happens. And so you have shit like that that really exists in the world that could be a roadblock for you. And then it's going to reaffirm everything you've been told about being a slave and, and the cards being stacked against you and the system hates you and everything else. And then you have criminality, crim, criminality as a pastime. It's fun. Right. It's awesome. We're gangbangers and shit. This shit is completely self-destructive. But if you mention it, you're a coon. Oh, well, that's that. Uh, so there's two other points I want to bring up real quick, and then we'll get back to that with, with the Umar Johnson shit. Um, and, and again, identifying that there's no authentically uh, black agenda. It doesn't exist. It, and you could argue that it should, but it doesn't exist. But then anybody who who doesn't toe the line of, of, about supporting or not supporting, not even principles, but just, you know, whatever the, the emotional sentiment is of the week, you know, you're, you're ostracized. So right. another, one of the, uh, another one of the things he mentioned on the uh, Breakfast Club was, hey, you know, there was a vacuum created once all the, you know, jobs went away after, you know, Detroit was, you know, deindustrialized. So a lot of young black men turned to the uh, dope game to feed their family, right? So, and, and, you know, and I remember watching Teen Summit in the 90s and Channel Live and KRS-One talking about, you know, hey, you know, when um, uh, they, they need to make drugs legal, they don't need to keep sending people to prison. And, you know, and black people should profit what, from it. If we disproportionately filled up the prison for selling drugs, like when it becomes legal, we shouldn't be left out of, you know, the, the profit making. Right. You know, so I respect somebody like Killer Mike who comes along and says, okay, yeah, let's let's uh you know decriminalize it let's legalize it and let's let's create some kind of reparations program to you know use some of this money that's being created um by selling drugs to go towards empowering some of the people who were disproportionately affected by by going to prison because of selling drugs because it seems hypocritical not to like we're going to become millionaires off of this shit Meanwhile, there's decades of misery. So now, Kim Kardashian works with Trump, gets nonviolent drug offenders released uh, from prison. Uh, I think the most famous one was Alice Johnson. That can't be applauded. I didn't hear black people with a woke agenda coming out in droves to even give him credit for that. Like, okay, we've been talking about how, yeah, you, you, you don't have any gun charges. You don't have any, you didn't pistol whip anybody, but you were selling <laughs> drugs. You know, should you be in prison for 10, 15 years? I forget what her sentence was, but he's like, nah, you're going to be out. Crickets, nothing. So it's like, do you really give a fuck about black people or do you just give a fuck about the fact that you know how you can work emotional nerves to get a predictable reaction out of black people and you have an infrastructure in place to harness that energy for a political purpose? Another one, and this is a huge one because in the spirit of having honest conversations, this is the hot button. Uh, you can't have this conversation will automatically just you will be forever denounced as a racist. And if you talk about it as 
uh, a black man or woman, you are forever coon. Um, he was also on the Breakfast Club talking about welfare and how it incentivized the destruction of the nuclear black family. Yeah, if we're incentivizing men and women not to be together and raise their kids um, because it makes more financial sense not to, what's the long-term fallout of that? Right. And literally anybody, you know, you could talk about Larry Elder, you could talk about Thomas Sowell, you could talk about Jesse Lee Peterson. It, it doesn't matter if you, if you, there's no proper politically correct way to address the fact that the destruction of the black family because of some of the welfare incentives is really responsible for a lot of these kids growing up without guidance. The schools aren't speaking to their needs. There's no father in the home. There's poverty and shit all around. Like I, I look at it like um, America's like a convenience store, right? And all the problems in these communities are likened to obesity. So every day, you know, the fat guy comes into the, the, the store and is like, yo, this is fucked up, right? And the convenience store is like in the middle of nothing, right? So like anywhere else, it's so much harder to feed yourself. It's so much harder to get food, clothing, and shelter. But the convenience store has everything you want at your fingertips. You can get, you know, you can get a quart of oil for your car. You can get a bag of potato chips. You can get a sandwich. You can get a laundry detergent. Like, it's got everything. But every day the dude comes in, he's like, yo, man, I fucking hate this grocery store. I hate this convenience store. It's like, why do you hate the convenience store? Because I'm fat. And every time I come in here, you surrounded me with chips. You surrounded me with soda. I got all this shit around. He's like, yeah, but there's good food in the back. Like, if you just... If you just walk past a lot of this shit, like there's a way to get some nutritious food. And like, how did you get here today? Oh, you know, I drove. Well, how far do you live away? I live like a mile and a half. Well, you could walk here and walk back. Like that's going to be healthier for you. Like, why aren't you doing that things? And the way that they've crafted the narrative is anytime you propose anything to that fat dude that's going to help him avoid the temptation of the chips, get the nutritious food and get healthy. Yo, why are you fat shaming me? Why right. are you fat shaming me? I'm not fat shaming you. I'm telling you this is science. This is how your body metabolizes caloric intake. This is what you're going to need to do to get healthy. So if you make it so that it's racist to point out all of the problems, it's, it's an anathema. You can't talk about any of those things that truly affect it in a way that you're going to actually mobilize politically. Because, again, there's four things I pointed out that Dr. Umar Johnson talked about as being needed prescriptions to help change the condition of those community and four things that we saw in the last four years right where those things were actually enacted in substantive ways and nobody acknowledged it so what it tells me is there's an industry based upon pointing out the problem and never getting to the solution it's designed to never solve the problem it's designed to keep people in a state of anger and hopelessness. And when you talk about, well, let's talk honest. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna be as fair about it as possible because it's a different experience. If you come from Ghana, if you come from Nigeria, if you come from you know uh, Jamaica, you know if you come from Trinidad, you have a different cultural, um, you have a different cultural vantage point of how you size this shit up. Because one of the things that gets pointed out on the right is. If this was truly the most racist place on the and, and people are just struggling and it's horrible and if you're black you're guaranteed to fail, you know, how can you explain that there's people coming from Ethiopia and on average out earning white people? 
Nigerians coming here and on average out earning white people. So now you're talking about people that don't speak the language, have black skin and aren't just black, but African black, but mm -hmm. coming here and being successful and um, racism and systemic racism that we keep all talking about like it exists, but it's not affecting them. It's right. not preventing them from being successful. And then what you start to see is like, well, maybe it's injecting all of this defeatist shit. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't shit like the George Floyd. It doesn't mean that Jamal's not getting a call back. It, it doesn't mean that all of those things aren't real. But is it something that's going to absolutely, absolutely guarantee that you're going to live a life of failure and misery? Right. You know, and, right. and if you inject that into people and ingrain, you make sure that people go into the world with a chip on their shoulder, that they, they become unemployable, that they become it, it makes it so much harder for them to succeed, succeed in corporate America, to build the kind of relationships that they need to network. And, you know, you're 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 taking away that ability right off the bat. And then you're sitting back and seeing the results. You're like, see, it's racism. This Racism may be a part of it. And, and, and we may never get rid of racism, however we choose to define it. But one of the most destructive things, I think, that, that will not be acknowledged is that we are engineering this kind of destiny of failure in a whole generation of black kids. We're killing their ambition. We're killing their, their, their economic drive because we're filling their heads with all of that shit and then sending them out into the world, telling them uh, it, there's nothing for you to be gotten out of here. But right. somebody comes from another country, they don't have that in them. They, yeah. don't, they don't have that mindset as soon as they get here and they're able to, to make a way. When they, they, uh, Umar Johnson spoke about that with, uh, what's the, uh, on Brilliant Idiots with Charlemagne and the other, I forget the other guy's name. Andrew Schultz, because you're a yeah. racist. Right. Again, that's usually what it is because he's white. <laughs> I just don't even bother remembering his name. Okay, but, white guy. Yeah, he, the white he guy was Charlemagne. He was talking to Umar Johnson about that, and he had some crazy conspiracy theory about how the government will let black people from other places be successful, but not American Negroes because blah blah blah. You know, right. fill in whatever you whatever right. you want to fill in, pretty much. But yeah, I, I don't. I know exactly what you mean. That's exactly that mind state that they keep moving the goalposts. When you bring up something that's just objectively a good idea to implement to work out some type of progress, they just keep moving. They just want to hold on to the emotion and the trauma. You know, if you try to take it away from them, they'll fight you to keep it because it's part of the process. It's part of this whole gambling thing and what we're doing, how we're trying to get, how much reparations we're going to get. But what if I tell them I ain't mad no more? Then we're going to get less reparations. We got to stay mad and stay hurt. It's just, I don't know. I don't really get it personally because I don't identify with that shit. And I don't really talk to people who do. So it's hard to get a picture of why people think that way. Well, it, it, but this is the thing. Authentic blackness has absolutely no principles, no agenda. If it did, then those four things I pointed out, it, it would all be applauded. I don't if it comes from Umar Johnson or it comes from Kanye or it comes from, from Trump, it, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Right. Come from if, Little if, John. If, right. A good if, idea is a good idea. Yeah. If, if the if the black unemployment rate went from 14% under Obama to 4% under Trump, why can't we just applaud that as progress? Why does it have to be we're living in the most racist time? Because really if you if you come up to me and you say, yo, you are a fucking kike. You're the filthy fucking kike. You 
you Shylock Kikenstein bastard. I hope nothing but horrible things happen to you. But you're not stopping me from getting money. You're not stopping me from finding happiness. There's nothing substantively or materially that you're doing that is affecting my life. But you're just talking at me like you fucking hate me. Versus, yo, I love you. I want the best for you. I want everything to go good for you. But behind the scenes, you are implementing policies that are absolutely destructive for me to be able to find wealth and to find happiness. I'm like, I'm going to... If you're verbally racist, but not material, materially racist, like that's so much more destructive than, than what we're saying is the worst thing ever. Like, but he doesn't, he doesn't speak well. He doesn't, he doesn't say, you know, listen to what he says. Of course he's a racist. Let's, just, let's say Donald Trump is the grand wizard of, of the KKK. He's, the, <laughs> he's highest up. He hates black people. He says the N-word nonstop behind closed doors. But if, if if black people become more prosperous than ever under that racist dude's policy, for all intents and purposes, isn't that a better outcome? Who gives a fuck what his personal opinion is if the conditions get better? But we're so caught up in, well, you know, and, and that's where that whole Charlemagne shit comes from is that, okay, I'm black. In order for me to be associated with blackness and authentically black, because the left had a great idea you know, the civil rights uh, movement um, and progressivism led to, you know, legislation that needed to be passed. The loyalty that stayed to that movement, even after its efficacy had long gone away, there's just like this ingrained idea that the left keeps pushing is if you're black, you have to vote for somebody on the left because they're the people we need to be loyal to, even if Nothing that they're doing is actually actually substantive. Because I'm not saying you should vote for the right or the left. I, I could give a fuck who you vote for, draw your own conclusions. But the idea that you just absolutely, under no circumstances, can vote for the right, that you have to vote for the left, even if the shit isn't working, that's insanity. That's insanity. Yeah, it is. It is. All of that political alignment sh shit... It's crazy to me anyway, because for the same reason, a good idea should be a good idea, no matter what side it comes from. It doesn't matter. Right. So On that the... shows you that people's uh, sensibilities are really split. I think uh, people are not being honest about the world they want to live in. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a, a reason why this shit is, is split the way it is. And everybody feels because I, I don't know if do white people feel the same way about voting Republican. No, not not at all. Now, but the, the difference is, is that there's. There are white people that are racially motivated to, to vote for Republican. I don't think that makes up the majority of them, but there are people, um, there are there are white people that vote for um, uh, that vote for the right because they are anti-immigration. They're they're not down with um, you know the continued you know Browning of America. You know they they don't want the racial demographics to change. So they do have some sort of racial commitment to voting for the right. But I, I think for most people, it's, I don't want the government to tell me what to do. I want the government involved in my life as little as possible. And, you know, I don't want to pay a shitload of taxes um, for, for to, to waste that money. Like I'd rather keep my money than let the government waste it on dumb shit. That's true. I agree. I agree. I mean, what else is what else is going to happen here before, you know, shit comes to a place where people got to make some real decisions? Because I personally, I don't know where this shit's going. 
You know what I'm saying? Maybe uh, you might have some more insight on it because you're doing more research about, you know, what, the, what's happening behind the front. But, yeah, I, I have no idea where this shit is going. None. And, and I understand the sentiment. Like, like the, the intent of SJWs, like, really is noble. Like, it, it comes from a good place. It just yeah, gets I co-opted agree. for bad shit. It's like, look, I don't want people to suffer if I'm doing anything to cause that suffering, if I can ease that suffering, that's what I want to be a part of. So that gets that that noble intent gets co-opted into, yeah, let's let's we should we should go cross state lines and burn some shit down. It's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, how is how is this helping? But if you convince people like, but well, this is what needs to be done, if those things are important to you, if that's what you really care about, this is what you need to do to help these people. Cause, cause where we're at now on the political shit, cause it is out of control. Is I feel like there's, there's now a, there's there's people that are morally correct, and there's people that are factually correct, and they talk past each other. And the people that are morally correct are the SJWs. They say, hey, I see this problem, and I want to be a part of the solution. But the problem is, is they have all of the facts wrong. They have all of the facts wrong, and they and they channel their energy. In really useless ways. Yo, let's boycott a Gucci sweater that nobody was going to buy anyway. Because I'm against racism. Yeah, but they follow agendas. You talked earlier about agendas of other culture, you know, or the black agenda or how, you know, there isn't a black agenda. And then you're talking about agendas. Well, the people you're talking about, emotionally charged, um, good intent, all right, being being basically captured into a group that is going to be pushed a certain direction, you know, based on that emotional stuff. And so there's an agenda that utilizes them because of their susceptibility. It's almost like hypnotized or hypnotism, you know, over a particular group, they're injected with that agenda and they follow it with a passion, like a cry and scream at the sky kind of passion, but they don't really understand exactly what they're following. At least, you know, because if if they did and it was all morally and ethic, here's an article about this just happened last night in Oakland, California, federal black officer Patrick Underwood shot and killed in the Oakland riot. Now, we should be we should be enraged. You know, this guy got shot and killed, you know, for trying to defend uh, us all. Right. He's black, part of black culture. But you won't hear about. You no, because that they're not going to accept him. He was fighting for the oppressor, right? He was on Team White. Yeah, so, he was. He aligned himself uh, with the oppressor, which is not a noble. That's crazy. But that this is not an unheard of concept either, because we know that in during Nazi Germany there was Jewish people who preserved their own lives by ratting out other Jewish people who were hiding and shit like that. Yeah, you can't talk about that. But so I'm just saying really it ha- it's, it's happened mean, in every... saying they feel that way because that's just... To... No, I'm just saying that's how it's going to read to yeah. most people who are protesting, people who are angry about the situation, who are angry about right. the history. He's the enemy. He's he sided with enemy. the enemy. He, he picked yeah. blue over black. Right, and that follows the agenda, yeah. Right. So, Well, it's, that's not even the agenda. That's the clear, that's just a basic emotional reaction. Like, nobody has to be indoctrinated to come to that conclusion. You know what I'm saying? Because if, you, if, if it's the black people versus the cops and you align yourself with the cops, you don't need to be whipped up into a frenzy and have no technology mind control ran on you to be like, he chose them over us. 
Right. It's, so, it's a basic, so it's a basic place to arrive at. Or black is basically how it supposedly goes then. Yeah, it's politics. It's a political thing. That's yeah. why. That's exactly why he said Joe Biden was able to say you ain't black. If your political decision is not the one I think it should be, then you ain't black because blackness has that type of uh, thing attached to it. Attached to it, where it's an ideology, it's a set of actions, it's a set of rules. It's not just the color of your skin because you can do shit that has your blackness questioned. And, so you, you, so you say, why did Charlemagne ask Biden, right, you know, or whatever, and then? I, we could say the same thing. Why doesn't he be bold enough to ask Trump? You know, I mean, now I, I get it. <laughs> you got to hate him. But wouldn't that be dynamic? Like you can't make you can maintain your position. You feel strong about your beliefs. But this is the person that currently has their hands on the levers of power. According to lots of people, the, Biden ain't even going to be the the dude. So what are you even talking to him for? But the, the moment that Charlemagne does that, he's canceled. Uh, so so people what, just started that, fucking with Kanye West again. That's disempowering. That's very sad. That's that's stifling a free thought and idea. No, but 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 that's the game. The, the, right? the game they've already decided the, Trump's alignment. They've already decided he's not on our side. So right, there's no he's point in talking to him. But again, yeah. but but just but just like in, 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 in the analogy, you've you've already decided that diet and exercise is fat shaming. Right. You've already decided that, so, so you're you're destined for failure. Body shaming, and and so so, so that so that's what we do. That's but that's the game. Is you make it to where you're attracting people or shaming people by celebrity and the idea of wanting to be accepted. You force everybody out of that pressure to align themselves with an agenda that's designed to fail. And that's one thing that I did like that Trump pointed out during the um, the campaigning. And it's a question that I, I still can't get anybody on the left to answer for me. And, and just full transparency, I voted for Obama twice. I voted for Hillary Clinton. I'd have voted for him a third time if I could. That's right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. So, but, but, but that's just, but again, I, I, but you have to preface that because the, because if you say anything that's like, oh, Trump made a good point, you fucking, you, you hate black people. It's like, no. He said, okay, you've got 60, 70, 80 years of democratic control in these major cities where black people in the hood are suffering more than any other place in America. It's like a foreign city. They're not getting the American experience. He, it's had, not, eight, it, he, had, he had eight years, though, the guy that you say you want to vote for again. He had eight right, years. Why wasn't all everything fixed in that time? At, they don't, I, they don't I'm sure give a fuck because it was anything. oppressed and all of that. Oh no, that was a that was a joke from a movie. I don't even vote. You know oh, what I'm saying? Like, okay. yeah, that was that's from a movie. That's a it was in the movie Get Out. All the, the guy met his white girlfriend's parents, and uh, like three or four people throughout the movie said, I voted for Obama twice. I would have voted a third time if I could. That was like them trying to chum up to him and shit by saying they right. voted for Obama. I just well, think it's a lot. I don't even vote. I don't bother personally. Well, because this kind of ties into potentially a variable here that may relate to what we're seeing because you know george papadopoulos right all yeah. tied into the whole uh, i don't want to go in the whole story but his tweet just a few hours ago was about on the third of june they're supposed to subpoena the obama white house and doj officials and so like that means that there's something really big brewing in regards to, you know you want to talk about kicking a hornet's nest type of thing uh, it seems to be coming to some sort of head, you know, so we're going to see uh, exactly how that plays out and the relation to, you know, 
people that would be Obama loyalists uh, and feel that that would be the end of the world, I think would react in a certain way, regardless of what the evidence presents. Uh, you know, the Flynn thing. I mean, you know, I know this is, a, I'm not trying to go far out on a tangent here. I'm just saying the relation to uh, what we seem to be seeing stoked is something to consider. Oh, no. I, I definitely think because all that shit's going on behind the scenes, the, the number one program right now is to create as much chaos as possible. That's why you see this narrative generated. Yeah. Because, Look, the way that they've been presenting all the, these news stories, even with because because a lot of this shit started with, um, you know, I, I'm running two point two miles for Ahmaud Aubrey. Right. And even when you see a news story now, it's still being presented as he was a jogger. They keep saying a jogger was murdered, you know, by two white men just because he was out for a, a jog. Now, when you first said the story, I could understand, OK, we didn't have all the facts right now. We know that there's video footage from two different angles of him walking in that neighborhood, walking into the building. We know that there was a 911 call about trespassing. That's when you see him start running, right? So the idea that he was out for a jog, that's already been debunked. But they keep laying it out there is, yo, this innocent black jogger was gunned down just for being black and being outside so, by two racist white. So they make it seem like it's Mississippi it's burning. Yeah. Huh? I was thinking, is that indicative of agenda? Of okay, so I, I got I pulled up some news stories. So in the whole time that they've been fomenting this shit, these are all news stories where it was never um, framed as being racial, and it made no national headlines. Um, May sixteenth, Houston, Texas, uh, an eighty-year-old white woman, Rosalie Cook, uh, she was stabbed to death by a thirty-year-old black man named Randy Lewis, who was in uh, the parking lot of um, like some convenience store or something like that. Yo, no national attention, not a hate crime, not, you know, white people are under attack, black people are just out here killing us. Um, January 14th, St. Pete, Florida. There was a white bartender, Scotty Jenkins. He was beaten to death by his uh, black friend, Christoph King. It was on camera for 79 minutes, like beat his ass to death for 79 minutes on the audio uh, you can hear um, Jenkins crying out. He's like, why are you doing this? I love you, Chris. Don't do this. You're my friend. Yo, no national attention. Uh, April 27th, Indianapolis, Indiana. There's a 45-year-old white uh, postal worker, Angela Summers, shot to death by 21-year-old black man, Tony uh, Cushenberry, uh, apparently because he was not getting his mail because he had a, an unrestrained dog. So she refused to deliver to him. Uh, May 9th, Denver, Colorado, 40-year-old Cornelius Haney, Murders 21-year-old Heather Perry uh, during an attempted kidnapping. Uh, he was released out of prison less than a month earlier uh, due to the COVID-19 shit. Now, those obviously aren't all the stories, right? But these are all stories I went and found where, and, and one of the easiest ways to find them is, again, just go to every news source. All of the people that are on this, um, you could, I, I just call them the white Farrakhans. Like, they basically have the same political agenda um, like a little bit of white separatist or whatever, but these these they didn't make up the news stories, right? right? Like those news stories are out there. It's just that only the white supremacists are talking about them. So the or the white separatists. But the fact is, it's like that kind of makes it ugly and makes you feel dirty for even looking into it, right? But then you got to ask the question, like this could just as easily, if the shoe was on the other foot, 
and white people felt that they were oppressed and white people felt like black people were just out to get them or there was a, a, a some kind of media movement or a system in place to say, look, we're hunted every day. People are after us. You know, it's a war zone or blah, blah, blah. Statistically, um, I don't know that you could make that argument, but you could the 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 bare naked fact statistics are that you could much easily you statistically you could make the argument in a much more sound way that black people are hunting down white people than white people are hunting down black people by the raw numbers. You could make that argument. But nobody's using the raw numbers to make that argument because you're not going to get a reaction out of white people. There's not an emotional wound in white people because of the history that you can exploit. And, and another, uh, another instance that – because it, it's not just that it's, it's harming white people because that was their perspective too. Like, oh, if you put this information out there you know, and you're fomenting with all these news stories, you're just going to cause black people to, to go out there and start killing white people at random. You know, so, you know, that, that, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't just hurt white people. You're having black people throw their lives away for bullshit. May right. 8th, Newcastle, Delaware. That, that'd be a good, uh, that'd be a good conversation. I'd like to see what some of these people would have to say about that, or if they would even believe those news stories exist, honestly. I, I think, but you saw the mental gymnastics with um, Umar Johnson. You know, right. the government is going out of their way to make successful black immigrants because they're that committed to seeing black failure. Right. Okay, well, what about P. Diddy? He's indigenous, Illuminati. He took right. the Baphomet. He took, so, and how so does a white supremacist government benefit by hiding crimes where black people are killing white people? Like, How does that help the white supremacist hatred for black people agenda? Right. You would think that these news stories were being pushed, but the Sheldon Francis shit where he, he uh, shot and killed Paul and Lydia Marino... There were a couple in their 80s uh, who were visiting a grave site. It was like a couple days after the Ahmad Aubrey shit was like being making his rounds on social media. So people speculate that, yeah, and you know, maybe he did it because he was racially motivated by a lot of the internet outrage. But it's like when you keep shoehorning a narrative into every instance and you provoke people like this, like that dude was 29 years old. You know, those white people were in their mid-80s. You know, the Marinos time was about to get them like, right. If you really hated white people that much, just they got maybe a couple years left. Time will do it. Why do you, why are you going out and throwing your life away? Because he ended up getting shot by the police. You are know, so those, I, I are all those stories racial, racial, racially charged stories or they just happen to be a black person killing a white person, vice versa. What are they no, all? No, no. It, it's, it's, insta it's instances where there is a black aggressor, a white victim, it's an egregious murder, it never it, makes the news, right. and it's not framed but aren't they as all black jogger attacked could, by... Couldn't yeah. I load my feed if I was uh, from Asia, an Asian country, with all of the murders of Asian people and be like, look, all my people are being killed? Because people are getting killed, all kinds of people get killed oh, by all kinds of, of other people. And that's the and point. And we load statistically and, you know, visualize the data and say, you know, these people are killing the most of these people and all these different circumstances and data points. But really, they're all murders. And unless every single one of them are, you know, racially charged, a lot of times people just murder each other for usually money. Right. Or some sort of, uh, you know, one person. Crimes of passion. Crimes yeah, of right. passion. Yeah. 
you know, but I mean, they're all murders. So I could load up my, I could make a profile on some media account and load up, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, like you said, white separatists or what it, it ends up leaning that way because you're loading up every story that, you know, shows a black aggressor. You just got to figure out how you're going to spin it though, because in another, in a country, like if it was China, it would, what would be your, you know, what would be the key know. element? Cause what it would just be Chinese people killing black. Chinese people. Well, so you have to say like, it was citizens that are against, you know, it's anti-government The country folk yeah. or the city people right, right, right. or men are killing more women. It would be a, a different swing to it because there's not a clear brown person kills white person or white person kills. It's so clear because black and white insinuate ideologies. It's already a split. You know, one represents something. They both represent a part of the system. But when you have two Chinese people killing each other, there's nothing apparent there. If you have a black guy kills a white guy, it's something insidious already about it. What happened? What are the details? White guy killed a black guy. Oh, was he racist? If, if it was in, you know, Brazilians are killing each other in record numbers, but there's yeah, no spin. It's more real to us because we're, it, this is our culture. This is what we grew up in. But if you grew up, uh, you know, uh, the Uyghurs or whatever, there's conflicts in every country and especially in third right. world countries, again, almost back to tribalism where, you know, you're saying, oh, it's not as serious or embedded or. No, uh, I'm not saying it's not as serious. Right. I'm not saying it's not as serious. But I'm saying that it, is, it can't be. I'm saying that it can't be. It can't be uh, used to trigger people in the way because there's no determining factor automatically. If you have Asian people, whatever that we don't even know about their culture or their tribes. But if to you're say, there, you would, to, you would, you you know, they have a big conflict, Hong Kong, China, right? So the stuff that's going on there, you'd say, we would look at them and say, oh, well, they're all Chinese people. Well, they're not looking at it that way because their life's on the line. Right, right. But when you look at the American re relationship between black and white people, you don't have to know. It's automatic. A person from Russia looks at black man kills white man. If he knows anything, or white man kills black man. If he knows anything about American history, there's an insinuation about the relationship between black and white people, especially in America. We and, couldn't make that yeah. assumption about another country because we don't know their history. We, I'm not saying it's not serious to them, but we don't know how to apply that from the outside looking in. The entire world knows how to apply race because of America's history and the shit's been going on forever. They and, know how to apply that when they see these news stories. And that's and why I'm saying China exploits that. Yeah, you. what Danny started with was the whole thing about China, potentially Iran, maybe even interest in Saudi or Russia or whatever, a conglomerate of people kind of feasting on the weak situation or, you know, the wound, punching that wound and really kind of trying to make, you know, worse things happen and be able to take advantage of it because, you know, draining billions of dollars out of China through deals or tariffs or whatever, well, they look at that as economic warfare, right? So now they're going to try to figure out ways. And I don't, you know, know exactly what kinds of things that they could be up to, but there's been a lot of news stories, whether, whether it's the professors at our universities or, you know, all types of other essentially espionage, you know, I know it's like China, China, but it when you look into that, it's very significant. And uh, our, you know, poly, our elected officials all essentially selling out and benefiting from marrying into it, where literally your your spouse is over there and or your sons or daughters, like you know. So, uh, well, you know, there's a bunch of them where they are enriched by other countries by selling out our interests, you know? And, and, and that's uh, why we got to get over this shit because 
it's it's truly the uh, Achilles heel of the country. And until people stop exploiting this historical pain, uh, the authentically black zeitgeist is never going to see itself. And subsequently, a lot of the people that subscribe to it are never going to see themselves as being American and having a stake in America. And right. if you really want all this shit to burn down and you don't think that you live in the convenience store, like it's easier to get your food, clothing and shelter here than in any other place in the world. Like the rest of the world is pretty much a fucking jungle and a, a, a fucking, you know, a struggle to survive. Like that's why everybody wants to come here. Everybody is coming here from, you know, South America, from different parts of Africa, from the Middle East, not because, oh, I want to live in the most fucking oppressive racist history in the world. No, I want to go where it's the easiest for me to get my food, clothing, and shelter because there's more opportunity there than anywhere else in the world. And until right. black people let this shit go or stop getting exploited by this agenda, they're missing the opportunity to take part in that as Americans and 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 buy and and be a part of that that pros, um, that prosperity. And if you want the shit to burn down, so what? China can take over. How the fuck do you think Chinese people perceive Africans? Nobody's like China, thinking that far ahead. China is an <laughs> ethno state. Like nobody's China, thinking that far ahead. Not, right? China's not, not gonna look. We think about another government taking over shit. And when I say we, I talk about like as if I'm a part of that. Um, that constituency and that mindset. So the way that we sold Iraq was, oh yeah, we'll be greeted as liberators. You know, we're going to go in there and be liberators. And the people there were like, fuck no, you need to go. So they think China or Russia or somebody else, especially look how, you know, in general, how Russians feel about black people. Just go do a deep dive, go on YouTube university, get some information on that. If you're rooting against America and you don't see um, yourself as an American and having your destiny tied to this enterprise, when China or Russia, whoever the fuck starts running the world, you think they're going to come here and be like, yo, these cracker-ass crackers have been doing this evil shit for so long. Don't worry. Your suffering is over. We're here to save you and take care of you. And we're going to love you nope. like no one else has loved you before. It'll not be, gonna happen. It'll be like a racist multiplier. And then it's, just, yeah. it's everybody... That's not uh, Asian in that situation. So let's pray that that does not ever happen, you know, because the, the Chinese thing is they've infiltrated in, you know, every way. They've, they've purchased but things. But not just every way. Ports, and I'll, I'll inter- interject real quick and let you get back to your point. Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, but they've, 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 um, they've infiltrated in every way that influences this particular ideology. Universities social media, uh, leftist politicians. Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy as her limo driver. So in all of the pockets or even the news media, I'm absolutely convinced if you're hiding stories about Epstein being a child rapist, but you're amplifying every story where you can shoehorn in race, you're absolutely got to be a part of it as well. So it's specifically infiltration of those institutions that are pushing this agenda. My bad, man. Well, no, the division you're talking about with the black and white being exploited as a distraction, right? So that we're not, we don't keep pushing towards the fact that actually we, our country's being being sold out. And you're talking about liberal Democrats, and I hear you on that. But there's also the Republican side too. There's, there is, it's like a two thirds kind of situation. You know, if if you, uh, Michael Flynn did an interview on the 
the Bards of War show, and he told he said the country was essentially gone. This is three star General Flynn, I think you know, you know who we're talking about here. Yeah, and yeah. this is a situation where we're fighting to get the country back from a level of uh, incursion and insurgency, whether it's Feinstein and the driver and the intel or whether it's business deals where they're enriching themselves generationally and holding that position to pass legislation to get stuff funneled out of our country and into their foundations overseas. So this is, this is a situation where what are you going to do? You can't just unseat all of them. Right. So you have to maintain a structure of government or chaos will ensue. So that's what you've been seeing, you know, take place. And now it's just seemingly strange. One major thing after another from the impeachment to the covid to now the riot time and leading up to the election. Who knows what else we're going to be in for? But it seems like there's a, an agenda that's at least being pushed forward, you know, and there's a. A lot on the line and so i think you know the china piece is a crucial thing to look at when we say china you know it's the it's the communist party of china the people in china right, right. a lot of them suffer in china you know they got a lot of what? situations they, that we don't oh know. they live horribly did yeah. they get to see in their kids once a year the, they're working 18 hour days seven days a week it's insanity in labor camps labor camps but but, but what about but labor. what about the american news media Going out of their way to be like, don't call it the Chinese virus. That's that that shit is racist. Like even in even in shit involving China doing hor- yo, we've unleashed a plague upon the entire world. We don't know it was them. And and if and and if you do and okay, so it was from the Wuhan facility, but still, don't call it anything racist. That's your priority in fucking covering the news is making sure everybody is saying the right words to describe it, like. It doesn't make any sense unless, like, you're in on it. Like, you have a role to play. And now it could just be that they're harnessing, you know, that talking point to foment, you know, or to just do, you know, what's been done incessantly. We're going to accuse, you know, we have to, by any means, no matter the circumstance, the story has to be that Trump's a racist. So it could just be that. We studied communism, right? I mean, I don't, you know, we don't have to get into specific books or people or anything, but, you know, the whole concept is, it's like a religion to the state. So by when you look at China, you know, where, where we might defend religious freedom here, you know, uh, right. they're, they're looking at, they cannot let the state collapse. The state is everything, you know? So you're going to do everything you possibly can. There, would, there wouldn't be, it'd almost be like conducting a religious war, except your religion is communism. And so that's, I think they're put, they're putting it all in the line, you know, draining billions of dollars out of a country with that huge of a population and, you know, they're not known for their actually creating real uh, intellectual property. They, they steal recreate everything. and cheapen other things and then create the knockoff market or the sub market, the plastic market. Uh, you know, so they're, they're in a situation of, of desperation. And when you have it's, a, again, a communist, fundamentally communist mindset, that is a religion. It's. It's a it's a form of religion. Your your allegiance is to the state to where you put your life on the line, you know, like you would for a religion. So I think that, you know, that's what you're looking at. This is desperation. They're gonna pull out every stop. And there's a whole group of people that are intertwined with these interests too. So when we say, you know, oh, just the communist people's, you know, the 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 communist regime there, it's it's a lot of people twisted into that and they're fighting to keep that 
And actually, some of them now, it seems like they're fighting to have it, like you said, kind of like they want them to come, like they're going to save us or something. So the way that you hear them talk favorably about it, yeah. I highly doubt it. I don't think it's going to work out like no, that. No. <laughs> they, would not, they would not be saving us. Let me tell you something, man. And, uh, you know, there's a whole America, uh, you know, patriotic or not, that's like behind every blade of grass. And so you can't just come. What are you going to start a land war in America? Are you insane? Yeah, you know? I don't think anybody's planning that. That's just nah. stupid. No, but they've done but it. But certain... you can definitely hypnotize people yeah. and get them into a state of mind that's so, that's conducive to your agenda. So I can I can definitely see that. But even that, to me, that seems like if if you have a house full of family members and somebody outside your house can talk to people in there to destroying each other, then I don't think the the main course of action is to stop people from influencing your family members i think it's to figure out why your family members are willing to kill each other with a little bit of influence from outside i think that's priority number one we need to figure out why it's so easy for us to turn on each other mm. what's going on behind the front because <laughs> i think it's completely pointless to try to go outside of that situation and say oh we got to stop china from exploiting this weakness that's treating the symptom and not the, ca the cause we got to get down to the root cause of why we're what is the exploit we need to remove the exploit in my opinion i think that's what we need to focus on well, you, you touched on something earlier because I, I want to go over stats. And these are the most hated stats on the Internet. Um, and you see them making the rounds on um, right-wing spots and right. completely denied uh, by left-wing sources. Um, and this is where I get into, again, there's the SJW impulse, morally correct, factually wrong about everything. So the people that are factually correct on a lot of this shit, they have no moral impulse to try to make it better, so they recite it very coldly. But the moment you don't acknowledge the reality of what they're saying, the conversation is over. So any, any type of move to create more unity and more understanding, there has to be a, a reconciliation of the morally correct and the factually correct. Um, so again, these are hot buttons. This is definitely like ultra uber racism and for the sake of <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of having the um most open honest and um again subsequently uh the most racist conversation about race uh has got to be addressed so here's here's some statistics that go around so one um and colin flaherty i don't know if you know who that is he's oh, yeah. made yeah he's made his whole career on just documenting black crime. And there wouldn't even be a career yeah. career for him if there wasn't clearly an agenda to downplay inner city crime and upplay any perceived white supremacist crime. Yeah. So as far as the interracial violence, 85% of all uh, interracial violence is black on white. So whenever there's violence involving uh, a victim and a victimizer, 85% of the time when it's black and white people, it's it's a is, black person victimizing. This guy, this guy you're talking about is a white guy? Do you, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Okay. Colin Flood, don't make the black kids angry. White yeah. girl bleed a lot. He's got yeah. some, he got some, some pretty gangster uh, material out there. I watched him probably for about six months in a row because I was just, I had heard a few quotes from him and people saying, oh, this racist Colin Flaherty. So I was like, let me just go see what he's doing. And I, I, I'll keep it honest. I'll let you get back to your point, but I, I'll keep it honest. 
when when you first start listening to him, you're like, yeah. oh, this guy's an asshole. Right. And then you start to listen to what he's saying and cross-referencing what he's talking about. And I mean, it's he's not lying. It's not like he's lying. He's telling the truth. The shit that he's talking about is actually happening in the world. So I mean, but call I it what you want. A lot of mainstream sources too. New York Times, LA Times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 legit. He's been around a long time. Interesting. And, and but that's the whole thing of of like the hypnotism because I had a knee jerk reaction. It was the same thing with this dude. Uh, atheism is unstoppable. Like yeah. I started watching some of his videos, and because I and again, it's being aware of your biases. I know I have the SJW bias. I know that that's that's how I'm wired, right? And and that's how your emotions can be manipulated. And so you get so hypnotized that the moment that that kind of information is introduced, you you want to shut down. Like yeah. it immediately feels hateful, it immediately feels racist. And so I had to push myself through. And again, one of the things that started making me look into these sources was I couldn't understand why Trump got elected. Like I had to go invest. Okay, so everybody's a white supremacist. Everybody's on board for the destruction of black people. Let me go see what these people are thinking and talking about that I've been told, like, you can't you can't look at it. You can't even look at it. And it is. It, it is kind of jarring when you first look, look into it. But like he was saying, all the dude is doing is relaying the stories. If the stories didn't exist, he would not have a career. If there wasn't an agenda to suppress those stories and big up the narrative that white people are just hunting down black people— there wouldn't even really be a demand for him to kind of have that career, right? Yeah, but yeah. but because of the environment that we're in, there's dudes that have made entire YouTube careers just covering what is is uncoverable. Yeah. Like you're just not it's supposed right there. to look at it. Right? And but both of them are like eugenicists, though. Just so we're clear, both of them are definitely eugenicists. But like you said, as far eugenicist, as eugenicist, like what um, breeding LeBron eugenicist? No, yeah, <laughs> breeding LeBron. Now, I've heard both of them kind of infer to the idea that this is all genetic and black people are just animals right. on a cellular level. Right, 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 so right. because they're reporting all of these stories and they're seeing all of this shit, that this is the conclusion that they've come to. Especially atheism is unstoppable because I've heard him do long tirades about how I think his great-grandfather or something was a person who owned property or did something in South Africa a long yeah. time ago. And he talked about how the people there were happy to be ruled over. And like he was basically saying, y'all don't understand what it's like. Like It wasn't like we just went there and colonized them and made them slaves. We went there, they were happy to see us. We started teaching them shit and they would they would just they they love to be in the in the presence of the white man you know that, that's how he explains <laughs> it they were happy to be in the presence of the white man because they were just these little basically these little monkeys coming out of the forest they didn't know anything you know we showed them a bunch of i showed them a pocket watch and shit they loved it so that he has that kind of energy about him but yeah. you know like i said the stories that they report are true but they're definitely eugenicists yeah because i eugenicists I mean, what Eugenesis, you know, that goes to like, you know, racial purification kinds of things or or certain, you know, uh, basically genocide of certain segments of the population that you deem weak or inadequate. Right. So you're saying you really jump to that. that they're eugenicists. The argument that they're making is that black people are inferior on a cellular level. Well, that's, so the that's, next, you know, the next logical conclusion is just in, like, so inferior. what do we do with them? Inferior. inferior and prone to violence like they're just this is they're using these stories to prove that point like they don't look at white history and see people getting their heads chopped off and be like oh well white people are prone to violence, of they violence. can look at the news yeah. 
in America and see people robbing people, kids, you know, 16 black kids beat up a white girl at a basketball court. He's like, see, they can't help themselves. They're animals. And his isn't just like, yo, there's bad behavior. He just thinks that this is the inevitable manifestation of the black gene. This is just what they do. Well, that happens in other that happens in other countries, you know, like Sweden and stuff with the the Muslim stuff with gang rapes and things like that. So, does that start to extend then to every race? It, or it does. It's, it, it's not it does, white, but basically. But but here's the thing, though. You know, they don't really. But, I don't haven't seen him talk about uh, but, foreign. I, most is mostly about American news, especially right. Colin Flaherty. I think atheism. He might be from Australia or something, or some. So he or New Zealand or wherever. But he's talking about a little bit different demographic. But Colin Flaherty is mostly focused on American news, for sure. And and so if you think about the human race being a species, right? Where where we have a divine component, but we're we're genetic material we're, we're we are dna we are evolution if you grew up in a tribe where you were hurting uh you know animals you know and you were you were like a shepherd culture you're not lactose intolerant right mm-hmm. but if you descend from people that weren't you know domesticating animals and drinking their milk you know uh or no you are lactose intolerant right so right. it has to do with hundreds and thousands of years of basically speciation like human beings did start to speciate differently and i know some people are challenging like the out of africa theory you know but there are um there are indications that we all have commonality but there is also indications that we speciated differently and there is trends so so like even okay so jason williams was a, a white dude that was nice in the nba you could tell he he speciated with black people, right? Larry Bird is the same, but Larry Bird used to be like, don't send the white dude to guard me, like, because I'm white. I want to play the best dude, like, send your best player to come and guard me. You know, like, there was a recognition, like, if you wanted to be really, really good, you were going to the court where the black kids were and you were playing with them. Like, so once once basketball started getting integrated, you know, the, the numbers of white people just started dwindling down. So, so 13% of the population makes up 80% of the league. Now, right. it's a meritocracy, right? So right. this doesn't mean every black person is good, is, is just naturally good at basketball. But the capacity to be the best, um, it's there. There's some sort of trend there. There's something there about the history. There is something there genetically that's that's undeniable like it's just it's it's undeniable but because it's a positive and it's physical people tend to embrace that more like yeah i could fuck you up like you know that wouldn't be a thing in boxing the great white hope unless the black dude tended to win so usually pound for pound if there's going to be a fight you know and it's a black dude and a white dude uh most people are betting on the black dude like that's because the playing field is level there Right. So nobody, nobody, you, you can't shave points off a guy's score because you don't like the fact that his name is Jaquavius in the right. NBA. <laughs> that doesn't exist in the NBA. You know, if you right. score, you score. You know, there's no insidious shit. There's no like, oh, well, I kind of don't like him because whatever reason. So I'm not going to promote him. So it doesn't translate to the real world because we know the real world is not a completely level playing field. I'm not saying that it should be or whatever. I'm just saying we know it's not because people have biases that they don't even know. They don't even realize. So if you're in a position to hire one person or the other, who knows it can happen. That doesn't happen in sports. 
Because if you right, kick the goal, the you kick the goal. Right. Period. If you're good, you're good. Nobody's gonna try to take it away from you. Not not anymore. You know what I'm saying? I think we at a stage right now where it just is what it is. And even people who might who you might, if you listen to their politics and check their browser history, you might think they're racist. But if you watch them when he's watching an NBA game, he loves all of those guys. Those are his favorite people in the world. You know what I'm saying? So sports right. transcends that shit. But 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 all I'm saying is that there are certain things where genetically you can start to see trends. And part of what uh, makes us speciate is culture. Culture is a tool of speciation. So even if, if, if your uh, ancestry is in America for 400 years, you've speciated differently than somebody who came to America within the last generation, right? You're, you're, and and that, that has to do with the culture that you're within, Right. So if, you know, uh, so for an example, you know, Ashkenazi Jews, uh, not all of them are smart. I'm an example of a dumb of a dumb Jew. I'm not (laughs) I'm not on the genius level. I'm not getting MacArthur Grant. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. So there's there's bio uh, diversity and and, and there's there's genetic variation in any kind of group. Right. But um, there is uh, uh, on average a higher level of IQ amongst those people. But why? Just because they're supreme and God chose them and whatever mythology you want to tap into to justify it, right? But there could be some, like, rational explanation. So yeah, if you're not allowed— and ideology, for sure. Right. So you have a culture that stresses, yo, we got to read. Everybody's got to be literate before modern times where everybody was literate. This was a culture where everybody had to be literate for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands, before most of the rest of the world was doing that. Um, it's a culture that was cut off from manual labor. You don't see a lot of Jewish dudes in the NBA, not a lot of Jewish uh, boxers. Maybe at some point when life was really, really hard, but that's just not, especially in America, that's not the Jewish experience. You're not going to get those kind of... So there is. So if, if you're not allowed to participate in most of uh, the other ways of, of civilization, I forget which pope it was, but it was basically like, yo, you can't hire a Jew, you can't do business with a Jew. And they were like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just lend money, right? Or um, there was like clerical jobs where all you were doing is dealing with like accounting or books all day. Okay, so if you do that to a, to a group of people who are only breeding with each other, it, right? Over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, why would you not think that there is going to be some speciation where, on average, you may tend to see these qualities in 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 these people in in um, higher numbers. Because you can find it's not like you can't find black people with IQs over 140 or over 160. It's not that it doesn't exist, right? Um, there there is different levels of IQ. There's different levels of physical prowess because we all speciated differently. But when we become a part of a singular culture, we're now all being speciated within that culture and we're evolving to be in tune with whatever that culture is. People's skill sets are going to adapt. So I agree with you. And this is where it gets really kind of fucked up and touchy because you're right. I do see that streak, especially in atheism is unstoppable. Not so much in Colin Flaherty. He tends to measure his words a little bit different, but I could definitely see where that might be the slant. But there is kind of this sentiment like, oh, well, black people have more testosterone. They're going to be more violent. It's just in their genetic code. Well, on average, black people could have uh, more testosterone. That could be an average, you know, on an on average reality. But that doesn't mean if we're all being speciated within the same culture that we don't adapt. Like, like I said, there was a time where um, rape was just the norm. That was the normal way of courting. 
we imposed the civilization on ourselves over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Cultural norms uh, changed, and we changed in the way that that we live and the way that we behave. So it it's something that all people like all people can participate in culture, right? Like so, where they see it as okay, black people are irredeemable. Black people can't be a part of this culture. I don't agree with that, right? I think we all under a common culture can thrive and intermingle and all evolve together, right? But we all are coming to the table with with different different genetic um uh different ge- genetic histories and different genetic stories. So when it comes to things like IQ, people are really sensitive. When it comes to things about physical prowess, people can be really sensitive. But those same things are just like if you're lactose intolerant. Like when the Europeans came here and gave um uh gave the Indians liquor, the Indians got fucked up because they didn't have hundreds of years of metabolizing liquor to right. change, right? So that they could could deal with it. Whereas, you know, Europeans, the water, you don't know if it's good or not. The best way to not drink some poisoned water, drink some alcohol, because that shit is sanitary. So they were getting wasted all day from sunup to sundown. They knew how to metabolize liquor. They speciated differently. So is is it is it is it racist right out of the gate to acknowledge that? Or is there any place to acknowledge that, yeah, maybe we can have a common culture, but but we are coming to that common culture from from different histories. And yeah, different that's just a fact. Stories. That's just the truth. I think the more people learn about it, the better they'll be able to deal with it and and use it in how we interact with each other. But I don't think that's common knowledge for the average person. They're just not. I don't think people. Very many people are thinking on that level. They're just taking what was given to them. They're inheriting all of these years of shit that the people before them had no idea about either. They had, you know, the best idea they could possibly have and they just handed that down. And pe- not a lot of people are taking that and re-examining it and trying to, they're just following tradition. Like when you say following tradition, what do you mean? How we deal with each other, what we've been told about each other. Nobody's, not a lot of people are thinking to look at genetics and how we can evolve these relationships. This is why situations like what's happening right now is happening because when you have that type of volatility and it's being held down and it's not being addressed, periodically it's just going to come to a head. We're just like we said earlier, we're just not having the right conversations. That, and that's part of what I think is probably the right conversation, because the average person who hears that is going to go straight to, like you said, eugenics. You start talking about race and IQ and stuff. It's, it's a touchy subject, but it shouldn't be. People need to sit down and figure that shit out. But who's really talking to each other about those types of things? No, but, but, the, but, that, but that's exactly my point is there's, there's one group that are just cold, hard analytics Right. And there's another group that has a knee jerk reaction emotionally that that just feels wrong. Right. And and both and both of those things are valid because on the moral side, it's it's like, okay, we all should be living together. We all should have equal protection under the law. There's no reason that we can't all get along. There's no reason why um, we shouldn't be able to intermingle and intermarry like we're not fucking aliens to one another. We're a part of a single species. Right. And the other side of it is like, well, getting together is not working out. Like there's constant enmity, enmity, um, especially like the reason why like people like atheism, atheism is unstoppable is kind of risen is because that sentiment 
And again, like I said, I've seen people like totally flip because they're white people that are constantly being told, yo, you're responsible for all the problems in the black community. You're hunting black people down, right? You're making sure black people can't get jobs. And not only that, if you don't realize you're doing it, you're even more racist because that's your that's your privilege and your your bias that you don't see. And so at the end of the day, your very existence is a detriment to uh, uh, black people. So they, in turn, are like, OK, let me look into this. And then they come back and they're like, OK, three uh, percent of the population is responsible for 50 percent of the homicides. Um, there was a Department of Justice study, 1980 to 2008, uh, 52% of all homicides committed in America, black men 18 to 39. Uh, every year, more black men are killed by other black men than the entire history of the KKK. And this stat is kind of fucked up, obviously, because of population. And this is where people play with numbers. It's not like per capita. Per capita would be different if you adjusted for what the population was then versus right. now. Right. Uh, but one quote I heard from Tlaib Starks was um, the entire amount of lynchings from 1882 to 1968 is surpassed by black on black murder roughly every six months. So these kids that are being told, like, you're the reason why black people are failing in America, not a, not addressing any of the things like we talked about earlier, like ingraining failure into the mindset and all these other factors that are, are reinforcing a defeatist attitude. Yes, there is racism. Right. But when you that broadly thrust that on people like you've immediately cut off the ability to foster any sense of cooperation or for them to even care. So that's the problem. The people that have these statistics are like, well, fuck you. Like if your situation sucks, it's your fault. And I don't care to learn more about what I can do to help. I don't care to learn more about what created these conditions that you're living in. If all you're going to do is blame me and not acknowledge anything that is being contributed that has nothing to do with me, we're not having an honest conversation, and I, don't just, I just don't want to be told how shitty I am over and over. And if I don't agree that I'm shitty, I'm going to be fucking ostracized. Like that one kid, um, he got blown up all over social media. He was drunk at a party, and they were talking about how bad white people are, and he's like, uh, we, we're responsible for Western civilization. We've invented all these great things. Like, you know, and, and you know if, if you're black and um, you know, the whole shit of the conscious movement in the 90s, like, yeah, well, Benjamin Banneker and, you know, right, and you're right, going to start right. mentioning things. Off. So just a white person doing that same thing, like, no, we've we've contributed to the progress of civilization. You're a fucking racist. And that dude was drugged through the mud just for saying, hey, uh, I don't think white people are that bad. So it's not just do you care about the plight of the black community? Do you want to understand the factors that contributed to it? Do you want to talk intelligently and effectively about what we can do to make changes? That's not what the conversation is. It's just, do you feel bad about yourself? Do you recognize that you're the enemy and you're the problem? And do you sufficiently loathe yourself enough that you're going to agree with all of my assertions, even though statistics aren't a part of it. So the the only way it's going to work is the people that have that right moral drive, they need to they need to be more acquainted with what the facts are of the situation so you can more effectively propose solutions. So you're not going to Joe Biden and saying, "What are you going to do to the black community or for the black community?" You should be going to Joe Biden saying, "I've analyzed the problems of the black community. I've recognized what we need. What can you do to help me?" to partner in policies that are going to be effectual. 
And as far as the people that are on the other side, I think they can be won over. I think I think you can get people to care, you know, and the George um, Floyd shit is evidence of that. Like I said, I went to all the people online that I thought, okay, well, maybe these guys will be like, who cares? It was universal. Everybody was like, this shit is fucked up. So I think you can get those people on your side. So maybe they are more feel more morally obligated to participate and invest energy in the solution. Right. But you're only going to convince them by ration, but by with rational argument. Right. And appealing to their to, to their rational brain. And you can't do that if you're denying every data point as being racist. You know, um, yeah. people can right. be racist. Numbers cannot be racist. You know, raw data cannot be racist. The arguments we can make with that data can right. be racist, right. right? But the data itself, we have to agree on what the actual facts of the matter are if we're going to have an honest debate and we're going to work together to actually cultivate solutions. And at this point, it's not going to help nobody to go into no long backstory about what happened before. I think it's way more important to focus on what can be done right now to get people out of this condition, especially the, the mental psychological condition that they're in that's creating all of this shit. Because I mean, if this, a lot of this stuff is like you said, it's a third world. It's like a third world country. A lot of these cities and the way shit is going down and nobody really gives a shit about it. Even the people who live there, they kind of just learn and adapt to live with it. They don't really care. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's probably the smartest thing we could focus on. It's fixing that shit. But if you turn it inward, like you said, if you turn the shit inward and start trying to get people to focus on something that they can do to improve their own condition, it's going to get bad real fast. Why you say that? Oh, because like they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear anything that they have to do. They're just going to be like, tell a white man, take his foot off our neck. And like, like, oh, yeah, but okay, listen, okay, I got you. I got you. you. Don't, nobody's going to want to hear no... Uh, conversation about internalizing the responsibility and anything that they could do in any way to improve the shit. Like they want it all to come from outside from other people. And they, and they just want to stand there and stare at you while you talk about it. Right, just to make sure you say the right shit. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. And make sure you say the right things. You know, you better not get on no Republican talking points. And, and, and that's really all it's about. That's why this shit keeps spinning around and repeating itself is because it's not being worked out the way it's supposed to. And it's like, it's, it's almost impossible to get people to focus on that level of it, that internal level of it. It's like, it hurts. It's physically uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about that at all. So that's why they weaponize the, you know, revoking of your blackness. <laughs> well, I, why I do think that there was a point in mainstream culture where there really wasn't, um, any desire to understand um, the history and condition of black people in America. Like, I, I, I do think at some point, like, there wasn't a willingness to listen. There wasn't a willingness um, to even be concerned about it. Right. And then what I think what happened was, is culture changed. We didn't want to admit that it was a victory. Like, we didn't want to admit, like, that, you know, the, the civil rights movement was a victory. We didn't want to admit, you know, when Bill Cosby fought with NBC and is like, nah, we're going to be a lawyer and a doctor. We're not going to be a fucking trash man and a secretary. No. Like, people need to see uh, now. And, and again, yes, I know I have to hate Bill Cosby because he was a rapist. Got it. But I could acknowledge <laughs> that George Washington owned slaves and he also had a lot of brilliant ideas and did a lot of brilliant things so that we can enjoy the things that we enjoy to this day. 
And I can do the same thing with Bill Cosby. Yeah, Bill Cosby fucked up and raped a lot of women, and that shit was bad. But by insisting on having like a positive, successful image of the black family on television, that changed a lot of people's opinions. Right. Like that changed a lot of no matter what you think, like there was a lot of white people that felt more comfortable seeing black people in that light because of that show. So right. so so there definitely is um there definitely is progress. And what happened was we got to a point where for whatever reason, white people did start listening and white people did start responding, but we didn't want to address any of the other shit. So now it's gone so far as that well, white people were listening and white people were responding. And because that line has gotten pushed more and more, like, well, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not white people have gone back to, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not paying attention. Like, yeah, maybe the Oscar Grant shit was legit. Maybe the Walter Scott shit was legit, but you showed me 50 other stories in my newsfeed, which were total bullshit. I don't even care anymore. I don't care to tune in and care one way or the other because I have fatigue. I have fatigue from hearing about how much I suck and how much I'm the problem. So now there's a legitimate issue like, yeah, we all should be united in solidarity. And it's hard to get the buy-in at that point. And so, like, it's it's a delicate balance, but if you think like the fashion of it that that we've created at this point, um, you know, every everybody wants to like be Malcolm X. Everybody wants to be aligned, you know, with the Black Panthers and put their fist up and relive those fights. But you know, the reality is, the Black Panthers didn't go up to Ronald Reagan and like, yo, what are you gonna do for this country? You know, Governor of California. The Black Panthers were like, okay, um, free lunch, free education free school, we can do this ourselves, we can work with each other and organize ourselves and make that happen. And they did it without Facebook. They did it without all the social media and cell phones. They did it without all that. There was an attitude of, yo, we can do this for ourselves. We don't have right. to go to anybody else to do that. And and even, even want to align yourself with Malcolm X and thinking, okay, well, I'm fighting those same battles. Malcolm X was fucking conservative. He denounced criminality. I'm like, I'm abandoning criminality. There's nothing in criminality for me. Uh, and I'm going to emphasize discipline and and this fashionable movement that wants to act like it's the legacy, you know, of of Malcolm X and the Black Panthers. It defends criminality. It makes excuses for criminality at every turn. And it it discounts. It discounts the value of the nuclear family that Malcolm X preached. It discounts the value of discipline. You know, yeah. so it's a recipe for failure. Well, that's I think that comes back to that same fatigue like you were talking about. It's just on the other side because both of those things were also dismantled by professional entities who yes, didn't like yes, what they were sure. doing. You know what I'm saying? So instead of just leaving them to their own devices and saying, let's see if these black people can fix their shit, they went and internally infiltrated and destroyed it from the inside out. So people were like, well, it's back to selling crack, the crack that you gave us to sell. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it, it's right. it's upside down at every turn you look at. This shit is, a, is fuckery all around us. It's not just one side or the other. It's everywhere. And until people are willing to come to the table and sit down and take their part in it and really have honest conversations with each other, if this, and like on both sides, like white people need to be talking to white people, black people need to be talking to black people, and we need to all be talking to each other. But and I don't think there's enough of that. in our feelings. 
Right. I don't think there's enough, but feelings have to be involved though, because we can't just be completely intellectual. We got to have, you know, for sure. emotional intelligence also, because everything's not black and white. Everything's not just like, well, this plus this equals that. There's other nuances that have to be taken into consideration. Not saying that the emotional side should outweigh, but we've let, you know, logic and intelligence outweigh everything for a long time. And now we have nuclear bombs. So, I mean, right. <laughs> it, it's probably not a bad idea to start letting some. You know, some of the emotional side take over and start really listening to people. Absolutely. We, we have to allow each other to be offended. Right. We have to allow each other to express uh, honestly, like you said, even if it is emotionally charged, even if, even if it's angry, even if it's hateful. Right. You know Let what it saying? be for that time. Right. Let them work it out. Let them blow off the steam. And now let's finish talking. Right. But 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 everybody has to come to the table with that understanding is I'm probably not going to like what you say. I'm probably going to be offended by what you say. I might even have a visceral emotional reaction to what you say, but I'm not going to let that shut down the conversation. Right. We're going to get through this. And there's not enough people that have that attitude sincerely, you know, authentically have that attitude. You can't force that in people. People have to want to make that type of connection on a deeper level. And then when you help facilitate it, that makes it easier. But you can't tell people, you know, people still pissed that they had to get rid of their slaves. You know, because it was forced. <laughs> because it was forced. Like, we didn't come to this decision on our own. We didn't just wake up one day and say it's wrong to own people as property. You took our fucking slaves from us, and they're still mad about it. And uh, if it doesn't happen, we're all going to be speaking Mandarin. So, <laughs> Listen, I kind of like kung fu movies. I, I, I do too, but I, I don't like the government telling me what to do <laughs> nonstop. I don't like to work 18 hours a day for hey, no pay. If that government produced Shaw Brothers... Kung Fu movie catalog. <laughs> like your man said, if we got to feed suffering in on one side to get Kung Fu movies out the other side, hey, listen, we, we got to do what you got to do. Listen, and 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 we, because we talked about speciation, right? And with China, um, with, with China not really creating anything, but they just have this ability to like follow orders. So they, they see the shit that we do and they can carry out the instructions to reproduce it to a T. Like, Think about anybody that was like a independent thinker, like under Mao. I don't know. And some people say he killed like 30 million. Some people say he called, he, you know, he killed 80, mil, 80 million. Like, how do you expect to get any innovation, right? Or, or like people that push the culture forward if you basically speciated your country by killing all of the outliers, all of the iconoclasts, all the people that thought differently? Like, you literally murdered them. So, like, you like to me, that's a form of genet, uh, um, a form well, of eugenics. Yeah, it is. Right, it absolutely it's, is. Right. So now yeah, you've created a culture where ideological yeah, they, eugenics. Right. They they may they may follow orders, right? And because you only kept the people that were going to follow orders, but you got to look to America where we just let people say or do whatever they fuck they want. And yeah, there's a lot of mistakes that that happen and a lot of offensive shit. But also that that ability to think differently and try new shit, it causes the innovation that you're emulating, but you can't really create on your own. The, so there, there's what you see happening there is almost like divine right, that kind of rulership and dominion over people, where you let you know the communistic model where you're and worse, right? But where you're saying where they literally are telling you what you can and can't do, and all of those decisions are made for you. It's, it's a way that you rule over people. You're, you remove all of the threats to your dominion. 
you suppress and control those things or or employ them for your own advantage you, but you for sure don't let them go off on their own and start you know uh, coming up with a way to take care over your kingdom or whatever right so it's a it's kind of a, a extreme divine right type of perspective of ruling uh, the people for your own enrichment and I That's guarantee how- you that n- you can't find a single woke person or anybody that's out there um, blowing up shit over the last couple of days that thinks that that's a better idea and they would actually want to live under that. And like we don't we don't appreciate for all the flaws that we have here what we actually what we actually have. Like we yeah, have so much yeah. freedom we take it for granted. A lot of those types would say we are under that type of rule. You know, that's the drama, the emotional uh expression over expression we're we're under divine right right now don't you realize we're you know we're controlled and dominated and like well not like if you lived in china bro so i don't know if you oh yeah it could definitely be worse yeah it could definitely history you know even history here is is pretty bad but where we at right now even if you look at some of the places this country has been historically to take a snapshot of of what it is right now is is extreme progress extreme progress we're light years away from where it used to be but you know that doesn't make it perfect and that doesn't mean that it's content like continuously moving in the right direction at all times like we've gotten a lot further but you know we probably took a few lefts and rights that we shouldn't have made maybe we even behind schedule a little bit but because with the shit that's going on right now i feel like the year 2020 just seems like it should have better shit to offer (laughs) <laughs> it just seems like it, you know, when you think about it, the year two thousand, it's like two thousand twenty, bro, and this is what's happening right now. Is it's kind of got a hoverboard, like, nobody got a flying car. Right. We're still having race you know? riots. Well, the yeah. dialogue that you're talking about, though, happening, you know, um, if you look for it, it is happening. Like right now, George Floyd's brother condemns violent protests, saying my brother wasn't right. about that. So if you look for that, you know, it's an ABC article. You look for these oh, kind. Have of you things. seen? Have you seen some of the footage of George Floyd? Yeah. If George Floyd didn't get killed. He, I guarantee, if you go through his Facebook history, somebody called him a coon. One hundred percent, without I a doubt. Guarantee it, without a doubt. Yeah, he's so like, he yo, it's too violent, it's crazy. Yeah. We need to wake yeah. up. We need to do better for each other. That is the coon message. Umar would have hated him. Yo, are you made to a white woman? That'd <laughs> yeah. been the first and, question. And he would have been right. And he'd have been right. Like, and he would have been right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm telling. It just it keeps coming back to the same shit. We, I think, the problem is. Easy to identify, but it's a it's a really uncomfortable place to be in. So it's a lot of conversations that's gonna feel real sticky and dirty. And we now we don't want to hear it. We don't want to talk about it. But it's shit that needs to be done, man. It's well, not gonna happen on they, CNN. Well, they're right there to, to what uh what uh big uh Killer Mike said right about CNN. Like I I was that found that itch, you know calling them out about sensationalizing. The whole thing, like stirring it up, you know. Yeah, absolutely. News piece, fake news, from whatever perspective you get it, where it's sensationalized to provoke, you know, half of the story kind of presentation. I mean, that's you know, mass comms a powerful type of uh, tool to wield, and the media, if the if the story tells it a certain way, you can provoke a certain portion of the population based just on those emotional strings being pulled to apparently burn things down you know so to the point where it's 
can be very extremely misused if you're giving them half truths, part of the story, you know, or provoking action too soon before all the things, you know, unfold. Because then there can't be any dialogue. There's at this point the dialogue piece. You know, we're, we've got to come back down to dialogue now. Right. Yeah, it's past that at this point. And I don't even. I, I can't even imagine what what type of solution could come from from any words right now, from any news report, from any clip. What could? Uh, was short of them saying. You know, we're gonna public execute all four of the cops on the White House steps. I don't think nothing is gonna get anybody's attention at this point. I can't imagine what would happen. Even then, why'd they take so long? Extreme as that, would that even do it? (laughs) I think it would get people's attention. I don't know if it would be. I think after they killed all four of them, somebody would be like, "All right, now go get Zimmerman or some shit like that." Like people wouldn't be. I don't think it would be satisfied. You can't satisfy bloodlust. Yeah, it would go on. It would. It would get like uh, you know, end of the my uh, end of the. What Aztecs or Mayans where they were just right, killing, right. killing, killing people? Yeah, that's not a good situation. Speaking, speaking yeah. of Zimmerman, have either one of you seen the uh, the Trayvon hoax documentary? No. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. So well, how about yeah. that? That sounds like a whole episode and all that. And he's a French school. Is that is that what you're talking about? That could be a whole episode. If what'd it's you say? Like, are you talking about where? It has to. The connection is dad and masonry, and like the nah, nah. Th- th- this gets into like okay. So the dude, and we could we'll we'll definitely say this for another time, but I'll give you the gist of it. A documentary filmmaker does a freedom of information uh, request, and and gets all of the cell phone records, all of the text, all of the pictures sent uh, back. Um, uh, involving the case, like everybody that was involved. And to make a long story short, and I, when you watched the trial, on some level you kind of knew like that Rachel Gentile girl was kind of full of shit. So what he found out was she impersonated who his actual girlfriend is. So what happened was is he was on the phone with his girlfriend. Her name is Brittany uh, Eugene. But she, they called her, her nickname was Diamond Eugene. And that's what Rachel Gentile signed her name as. And um, I think there was a part in the trial where they asked her, like, why did you, you know, why, why is it Brittany Eugene? Well, that's just my, that's my nickname. But it wasn't even close. What? Like, oh, go, it, dude, it's, it's insanity. So what happened was shit didn't go down the way that it was. And she felt guilty because I guess she was um, cheating on Trayvon at the time. So after Trayvon got shot, everybody around him was calling her like, yo, bitch, you need to say it went down like X, Y, or Z. And if you don't come, you know, and say that it happened this way, like, it's it's a problem. And she was like, nope, I'm not lying to the police. I'm not getting involved. I'm not doing that, blah, 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 blah. So she would not uh, take part in the narrative that they were trying to craft. So her cousin put on a wig, like, oh what the girl God. was, and he goes through and finds the pictures, like, this is Brittany Eugene. Here's the text between them. Trayvon was dating like X number of girls. They all had, and they were, you know, nice looking girls. And it's like, okay, you were getting all these dime pieces. And wait a minute, Rachel Gentile is your girlfriend? Like, just on seeing pictures, I'm like, I can't see that. That's, I can't. Body, that's, that's body shaming. It is body shaming. But, but anyway, <laughs> he goes into it and it's like, this is shit that um, the, the, the prosecution definitely would have been aware of, that they definitely had access to, and just chose to ignore. And they they concocted that whole that whole witness uh, story because it, it it fit in with the narrative, and they just got a girl to play the part. But she totally had nothing to do with it. She told she wasn't on the phone. She wasn't his girlfriend. 
and it was about crafting uh, the prosecution. You know what I mean? It, it, so okay. it was. It's just it's just really really fucked up. And All again, right. it wasn't about getting to the heart of the justice issue. You know, and and I you could still think you know George Zimmerman should have fucking stayed in the car. He shouldn't have gone after him. Trayvon didn't need to die. Totally agree. Totally get that point. But the fact that within the justice system, this kind of manipulation was done for the sake of fomenting like uh, racial outrage. Ugh. Yeah, I thought you were gonna That's say on a that. Whole different level. I thought you were gonna say he was Trayvon was like a, a crisis actor or something. Like we said, the Trayvon oh, hoax. Okay. I was like, oh wait, how deep does this hoax go though? <laughs> He's not no, real. I, I, I think it's it's uh, the witness tampering, and he okay, kind of goes into you. this thing that other people is the Trayvon hoax, the witness tampering that changed the nation or something like that. And he even gets into the thing that, and you know, a couple years later, we almost had Andrew Gillum as the. Um, uh, as the governor, you know, an, an open socialist who, who unfortunately, you know, likable guy got caught with meth or whatever and whatever the case may be. Like, he's obviously an actor, not being true to himself. But the, the idea was whenever there's a swing state and ever you're wanting to shore up the black vote, you have to give them this is why we need to hate white people outrage story. And then you come along from the political perspective of being and I'm the guy that truly cares about your plight having to do with these uh you know these white people and how they're doing this Man. and every swing state there's a story that comes around election time where they try to push it like that and the Trayvon shit was one that they tried to run with and he's like and he makes the case it's interesting it's interesting but it, but the bottom line is we we all enjoy it good if if you're a moral person and you truly care about the conditions that people live and you want to make the world a better place and you want to help people the best thing that can happen for America and these places where rioting is going on is for those people to feel like they're a part of the American fabric, to assimilate into um, a prosperous society, to not be isolated in those 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 pockets of, like you said, it's, it's a fucking war zone, and to see themselves as having ownership in America. And, and as bad as you think it is, people need to expand their horizons to what the alternatives could be. Uh, I think it was Eldridge Cleaver... Um, I think he was the minister of information for the Black Panthers. Yeah. He said, look, man, I thought the fucking cops in Oakland sucked until I had until I went to Algeria and I dealt with the cops in Algeria. I will take the cops in Oakland any day over the <laughs> cops in Algeria. Like shit can be worse. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. That's real shit, though. So this, this might have been you might have been right. You called it with this one today. Uh, extremely racially charged. Oh, we've offended everyone. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Hopefully they're offended enough to start doing some critical thinking and reshaping their own thought processes and shit like that because it definitely needs to happen. And correct the facts. Any facts that were misrepresented, correct it. Any, any place anybody was misguided, show me a better way. I, I, I want to move into a better way. If you got a better method than actually dealing with reality and you got the program, I'm with it. If it gets us to a better point, and not taken over by China, I'm I'm with it. I'm with more more unity, more dialogue, more compassion, more cooperation. But it's definitely self work from the inside. You won't get it from any kind of external force, uh, you know, compelling people to be polite. That's you know that's not sincere. Facts. Political correctness ain't so, gonna do it. So check this out. Right now, apparently the 28th of May. So right two days ago in Paris, France. 
have the same kind of situation popping off with a cop, white cop, his knee on the neck of a dude on the ground. No way. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is what's coming across right now. So I'll look for the link and send it to you. And it says, ready to have your mind blown? They're baiting us. They want the riots. So it's like... Uh, oh, oh no, no. I saw one in Seattle. It wasn't in Paris. I saw another. But there, there was another one in Seattle. Really? And, um, yeah, there's one. I, I Listen, there's Come one in on. Seattle from You're earlier today. Me. No, check this out. Check this out. So the, there's two cops, and they tackle a guy, and they put him on the ground, and they one of the cops puts the knee on the guy's neck, and people start yelling, you know, get your knee off his neck. And the second cop who was holding the guy on the ground, he grabs the other cop's leg and, like, forcefully pulls it off the dude's neck and just puts it on his back. Like just you know, kneel on his back, not on his neck. But the, it's just it seemed a little bit suspicious to me just because the guy was wearing like a bright orange hoodie, and it was just so like if he would have been wearing black, the cops would have been wearing black. It would have been hard to tell what was happening. But the fact that he was wearing this bright wow. orange hoodie and they threw and like you know what I'm saying, it just felt a little. And the guy was smiling. He's smiling on the ground the whole time. It's a white guy, and he's smiling. He's got a huge smile on his face. He's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Because, I mean, even if you're the dumbest fucking cop in the world, like, you've got to know what's going on right now. Yeah. Like, you can't be that Oops. aloof like any other thing. Like, you're better off just punching somebody in the face than putting your, your knee on their neck. Like, now is not the time. For, to implement that particular law enforcement tactic. Right. This one thing you should probably stay stay away from. As I mean, far as possible. Yeah, suplex him if you have to, but just right. please don't put your <laughs> fucking knee on his neck right now. Yo, a DDT, get him from the top rope, anything. Boston Crab, yo, whatever you want. Just not... <laughs> Paris, yeah, it's, la police. It's bad, bro. It's pretty bad, you know? And it's not... I, like I said, I can't imagine... What's going to be the sentence or the headline that slows all of this shit down? Are people just going to run out of steam or what? I, I don't know. I, listen, if, if, if the past is prologue and any indication of where we're going now, um, I can almost guarantee you it's just going to be channeled in a different direction. And everything that we've been doing is going more and more in the vein of like outrage. And the answer is martial law fear and the out and you know and the answer is martial law everybody stay in your house you know uh this is so the only other time i remember uh in my life of having a curfew was after being through a a category five um hurricane because there was no electricity for like three weeks uh certain places didn't have running water like shit was fucked up um this has been two curfews like mandatory curfews in less than two months from two totally different events. So I I don't think anything's going to simmer this down. There's going to be something else that happens or gets introduced. That's going to count, you know, that's going to piggyback off these last two fucking events and just keep the train rolling. And I think the plan is to keep it rolling uh, until the elections and to sow as much chaos as possible. Hey, that that could be the plan. I have no idea, man. I don't. I don't look at these things. I don't know who's for all. You're I know. a happier, last thing I, better person for it. Yeah, it's the truth. It's Listen. the absolute truth. The last thing I heard was that Hillary Clinton and uh, Michelle Obama was running together. Okay. And I was just like, "Where go for it, bro? I don't. I don't <laughs> give a shit." 
<laughs> not at all. I'm so detached and unplugged. I, I refuse, bro. I'm not consuming that shit at all. At all. I don't trust it. I have no faith in that system whatsoever. The next few weeks should probably prove pretty interesting, though, can, considering what's going on and the pieces that are moving in regards to lots of big revelations. Uh, you know, whether you like whether you like the things that get tweeted out on Trump's uh, Twitter account or not, when you know have things like hashtag Obamagate trending at like four million you know, tweets in a matter of a few hours. There's there's a bit there's a lot of big things going on and I think that that's where you're seeing a lot of this orchestrated disruptions, yeah, all this type of stuff. So we'll just see what happens the next few weeks. Cause yeah, it's get, it get Alex Jones called it, man. He he was right yeah, about Epstein. He was oh. right about Epstein. He was right about the 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 man pig hybrids. Uh he and, and he was right about Obamagate. And I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a link to the man pigs. I'm gonna I, you gotta you have to send me a the, link to that the, one. The 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 man pig chimera experiments. <laughs> yeah, it, I need a link. All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely I'll show and prove. I got it. I'll, I'll find. It. But yeah. but he was he he was right, man. He he he's been he's been on the money about so many things, uh, and he's been wrong as fuck about more things. But I, I give him credit. I give him credit where uh, where credit's due. And when everybody was mocking the notion that the Obama administration was spying on the Trump administration, nobody's come back, you know, now and said, okay, yeah, we were wrong. It was scoffed at nonstop. But Alex Jones called it. You got to give it to him. Hey, if he's the one, I mean, so basically we just need to get prepared for the shapeshifting reptiles is what you're See, saying. I, See, I'm not... I'm not sure that that, like I said, I think he's been wrong. More, more, and I think David Icke is the shape sifting. Yeah, that's the uh, David Icke there. Um, Alex the Jones is the interdimensional alien pedophiles. Oh, okay, I got you. I, I got those mixed up with the shape shifting reptiles. My bad. Yeah, but, I got um, you. But hey, I mean, he was. It's so it, it'll be interesting to see, um, what is actually gonna gonna get put out to the public. And who's going to get subpoenaed? Because I can't imagine that Obama himself is going to get subpoenaed. But more than likely, Susan Rice will probably get subpoenaed. Um, and I don't know. If they apply the same standard to the people that come and testify that they applied to, like, Roger Stone and to Mike Flynn, I mean, some of these people might go to jail because they're already on the record, um, like, fibbing. Like, it's whether or not they lied isn't even in question. Like they were out there publicly saying, "Nah, that's bullshit." Uh, Comey too. So I don't know, man. Hey, we'll figure it out. Eventually, we're gonna be face to face with it, and we'll see. And you know, everything is gonna get revealed. I don't have no doubt about that shit. Yeah, I'm not surprised that uh, the government is corrupt. I mean, it's not a, it's not really a headline. <laughs> it's a government, right? Right. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah, facts, oh, a- absolutely. And That's which is what's always puzzling to me is the same, the same political faction, you know, like, yeah, Cointelpro, you know, they infiltrated, they destroyed. Yeah, the government fucks up shit that people are, are, you know, trying to do. You know what the solution is? Yo, we should make the government bigger. We should give the government more power. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll use it very wisely. And I'm sure so. they won't use it to oppress us at all. I'm absolutely sure of it. It's terrible shit. But like I said, 
This is the revelation time, bro. This is why shit like this happens. So we, it's got to peel the layers back, and whoever it is going to have to show their hand. Whatever, whatever it is, is coming to the front eventually because yeah, they'll get comfortable the, enough. The they'll get a couple. We'll see. We're gonna have to see. They're gonna get comfortable enough to just be like, "All right, this is what we were doing the whole time." So now we're running shit. You know that we'll we'll see what it is. That day will come. Whether people, whether or not people will be prepared for it, is a different story. And what are they gonna be prepared to do? But you know, we'll see. We'll see. All all the research and everything that everybody's been doing, somebody's gonna be right, or maybe a lot of people are gonna be a little bit right. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. There's gonna be a whole bunch of people who had little pieces of of the truth and shit. But but who knows? All you can do is you know, dig into the shit that you're kind of exposed to, the shit that makes you feel the best about your research that's that's really all it is because there's so much distorted information and even then if even if you find something that that kind of co-signs what you already thought you know it's going to take another year to check those sources and figure out if everything you read was absolutely true it's just you just people mostly just accept when they find something that is kind of already aligned with what they believe they just kind of let that be the thing let that be the truth my 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 favorite research technique and when I say research, I don't mean like library or anything scholarly. I mean like YouTube University is you find a subgroup on the Internet and the shit that they're on and you just go down their rabbit hole because it is so easy to kind of be insulated in researching shit that you're already kind of familiar with. Like you got to find a different sub. Like that's how I found Colin Flaherty. That's how I found atheism. Right. Unstoppable. They weren't shit that was in my feed. It right. wasn't things that were on my radar. Like I had to go. Find an internet subgroup. That's how I found out about the QAnon shit. Like you find that subgroup and you go down their rabbit hole. And, and yeah. that's you know, so if you're if you're gonna get the ten million dollar prize and accurately, you know, connect the dots of all the conspiracies and get it right, that's what you gotta do, man. You gotta find yeah. you gotta find all your rabbit holes. You gotta be uncomfortable, you gotta sit through it, you gotta examine what's making you uncomfortable. Is it me or are they wrong? Like you gotta be willing to do all it. And not a lot of us are. I mean, a lot of people are. You know, that's how we're able to have these kind of conversations, is because we are putting ourselves outside of our own comfort zone. So we're not just in an echo chamber reaffirming everything we already thought. You step outside those lines and you try to figure shit out. But if you're not doing that. And all you're doing is listening to shit that's gonna rile you up, and yeah, that's that's a big, big problem, man. And try to go to like the sources, like so. So Flynn on a on his tweet referencing the Wiener laptop. To me, that transcends all the talking head interpretations, and and that's pretty much like a direct, uh, direct involved party revealing something very heavy and then from there you can extrapolate and through that you can listen all these other voices interpret it and you start to see agenda because they tell it in a way that paints it a way that they and if if that's the way that you you come in and take the information that's fed to you like it's already cooked in fast food version for you as opposed to sourcing the ingredients right then you take something that's just fed to you and I think it steers you, you know, everybody is susceptible to the way mass media works. It's, it's a, it's a science almost a magic, you know, and, and so they, they know that if they can keep you from going to the direct sources and say, come to us, we'll present it to you, that 
they can steer you and they can control you. But something like when I went to that, when I heard, when I, you know, you get down that granular to those, those kind of sources or attorney general statements or executive orders and really read them, you know, that's the real stuff. Then everybody else talks about, it, interprets it, tells you it's this and that and, you know, right. what to think about it. But you got to go down to that like real granular level as much as possible as opposed to just other people talking about it. But like, see how you know how close can you get to hear the direct source? Well, Alex Jones is my curator. Yeah, <laughs> he's the gatekeeper. I mean, I think every well, because I I can I can only watch so many C-SPAN you know congressional <laughs> hearings. I can only dig so much. So I'm just like Alex, bro. What that's what's good, important? That's a good T-shirt. Alex Jones is my curator. It's <laughs> a good T-shirt right there. I like that. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> That would but scare you, some people for sure. And you, you people would get triggered in the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, I cross reference it with just angry. Yeah, I cross reference it with a little bit of Rachel Maddow, a little oh, bit shit. of Tucker Carlson, a little bit of Jake, Jake Tapper. You know, I cross reference it, but my primary cur- curator is definitely Alex, man. Really? Well, that can't go wrong. Yeah, well, as far wrong. as I'm concerned, you can't go wrong with Alex Jones. Listen, <laughs> he's just everything. He's either right or he hasn't been proven right yet. Alex, is, ne- Alex is never wrong. He's never wrong. There's a more evened out, like uh, presentation wise, you know, not so much uh, characters in the way that he is. Uh, like the Caitlyn Bennett, Millennial Millie, some of the girls, and there's been other people. They d- deliver it a lip a bit more. A bit more based, not quite so dramatic character-like delivery. Yeah, yeah. Well, on on that note, yeah, I think it's been good, gentlemen. I don't want to keep you two any longer, but let's let's definitely get together again, and we can go down the uh, the the rabbit hole on the pedophile rings and the interdimensional, uh, you know, aliens. Get wow. get it, get into all of it, man. Oh yeah, it's I mean it's inevitable. We we're gonna have to talk about it. This stuff is absolutely on the table these days. All of it. And uh, and I think uh, we'll end it uh, with uh, the best of Alex Jones. This was the best of Alex Jones for last week. The technocrats that think they're so powerful are about to get their asses handed to them. Check one, two, and... This is the planetary dictatorship. And the truth's putting its pants on right now. Check one, two, and... I mean, women already start bouncing off the walls when they go into estrus. Check one, two, and... Can you imagine what it's like having your body your ovaries. Check one, I had to go over there and I said, Mom, men have got their ovaries on the outside called huevos. Check one, two, and... But I mean, does my mother think I'm making this up? I mean, what the hell? Check one, two, and... I fluctuate between hating myself. That's that's natural. That's healthy. Check one, two, and... I have people that have Harvard degrees look me right in the eye and they go, Check one, oh, two, there's, and... there's no proof that dogs are good for you. Yeah, having a dog makes you live longer. Check one, two, and... Evened out with cats because they've got a brain parasite. Check one, two, and infests about a billion people. That evens out cats. Check one, two, and because uh, if the cat has that and you get it, um, then it could be a real problem. Check one, two, and I tell you, this song from Van Halen, 1984, Check is one, two, and Panama is kind of hard to turn off right now. Check one, two, and oh yeah, ladies, how's it going? I'm not going to rape you. Check one, two, and... I'm just going to eat your uterus and your ovaries. How's that sound? Check one, two, and... 